again? This is Miles, and he's going to save the multiverse. Yeah, man. This kid can turn himself invisible. Watch this. He can do it now. I can't do it on command. He can't do it on command, but it is cool. Show him the zappy thing, Miles. Can't do it on command. He can't do it on command, but he can do so much more. Like, like what else do you do? Just those two things. Just those two things. say I keep a check. She was a bad, bad, nevertheless. Calling it quits now, baby, I'm a wreck. Crash at my place, baby, you're a wreck. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin is Best Film Ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. <clears throat> I'm Ellie. I'm Georgia. And am I, I'm Ethan, I And guess. you yeah. are Ethan, you guess, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I probably should have said, like, just go ahead and throw yourself in the introduction, Ethan, but I'm glad Georgia kind of picked up where her voice should have been in the sort of mix, because usually <laughs> she's last. But no, we got Ethan with us today. It would be a crime, I decided, mm-hmm. of a multi... This is like the best film ever multiverse coming together here. Absolutely. <laughs> and we are uh, reached out to our Peter B. Parker, if you will. I like to think I, I, I might be... It. I like to think I might be the the... The, the the Peter Parker like like the like the original universe <laughs> of this group, but should I die tragically, I like to think that Ethan would be the Peter B Parker who would step up. Who is yeah, Miles cool. in this situation? I have no idea who Miles. But one of the other three can step. Probably Liam. Probably Liam. Liam will step up and and do more than he thought he was capable of. Yes, yeah, so I, I am. Yeah. You are that. That's that right. I asked me. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys can fight over who is Gwen and who I want, is. I'm having Gwen. Oh, are, and, I want Gwen. And who is Penny? Oh, I love Gwen. Or, or 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 who is the other one? Um, so. Freaking Penny Parker. She's weird. Well, there's always Porky Parker. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can be Spider-Man Noir. Noir. He is cool. Spider-Man Noir fair, is cool. I quite like Spider-Man. And it was quite a topic amongst us. So here we are, here with our five stars of fun. Um, apparently this is podcast review day. Today we're, we're recording this, which is November the 8th. 8th. It's podcast review day. So if oh. you're out there, uh, you, you won't be hearing on the 8th, but if you want to get the spirit of the 8th, why not go ahead and leave us a, a little review? We hear five stars is a nice number to start <laughs> off with. <laughs> Very nice number. And uh, on that note, we are charting, Liam. I know you always like to hear I where do, we're I charting. Do. I uh, do. It's kind of the big ones today uh, in the United States. Nice. Uh, in Great Britain. Cool. In Canada. Ooh. So this is the end of the countries I've lived in. There's the three <laughs> I've lived in. <laughs> then we've got Australia, where I think Ethan's from. <laughs> and we've got Germany. You're really upset him. I'm going to upset him. We've got Germany and we've got Switzerland. Oh, lovely. Switzerland. We're holding around. in there. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Switzerland. Yeah, thank you. For, for everything you do, Switzerland. This shout out's for you. Absolutely. There we go. So, and then uh, we're left with just a quick, really briefly, our fantasy football update. I'm playing Nick and Russ this week because there's a bunch of teams at five and three. So, second, mm-hmm. third, and fourth, they're all at five and three. So, George is in second. Uh, Main Street Finance, Alex, our friend, is at third. I am in fourth. And we're all just, it's about tiebreakers at this point. Ellie is undisputedly at the top at eight. No. And then we yeah, have, and I think George is going to beat me this oh, week. Oh, is she? And then, we ha- and then we have it's a log jam. 75% to me at the moment. I'm oh. feeling quite good. 73, yeah. thank 73. you. Uh, have- it was 74 when I last left. Oh, <laughs> and then the we handbags have- at dawn. I'm going to keep trying to say who this along. <laughs> and then we have six, seven, eight all tied at two and six. And Liam, you're the best of a bad bunch. Yep. In six. Nice and change. then we've got uh, 
Uh, that song from that movie in seventh, who I don't know if they remember, were st- they're still in the league. But <laughs> <laughs> they are. And Defining Disney in eighth. So the funny thing is, at the start of the year, Defining Disney was projected by the Yahoo algorithm to finish first. Oh. And they're on the other end of that scale. I was predicted to finish last. So uh, <laughs> a little quick check on reflections and corrections. And I think my big reflection and correction, Ethan, we need to talk about this because for Uh-oh. for both podcasts that I was part of last week, I kept saying, you're going to wake up, folks, and who knows? You might have a new president. <laughs> it took it's a it, week. It took a little bit longer than that. <laughs> yeah. Just a little. Because uh, uh, Kingpin would not admit defeat. No. And instead, we had to wait for the plucky young upstart, one Mr. Joe Biden, the mm. oldest president in American history history yeah to be uh, officially confirmed and only the second catholic oh okay here's the question can you name who the first catholic was the first one big name president big big name president oh washington like lincoln or something not washington not lincoln he's a product these are, these are people from britain i mean they're gonna be they're gonna be, gonna be i think someone with irish ancestry probably hmm I think you're giving us too much credit here. Ask not what your country can do for <clears throat> you, but ask what you can do for your country. Oh, um, the war one. Not the war <laughs> one. That would be Reagan. The war one. The war one. Oh, the war one. <laughs> the no, war. No, not that one. Not that one. This is a quote from Happy Birthday, Mr. Oh, President. Who is it? Kennedy. Kennedy. Kennedy was the first Catholic president, John if I Kennedy. recall correctly. Hmm. Yeah, John. But also, also, can we just appreciate we have our first female vice president ever? Kamala Which Harris. is amazing. Yeah, very, and also very cool. first very person if um, Asian descent. Asian descent, yeah, yeah. in in office, which is really, really cool. It's really cool. Whoop, whoop. And I think I'm all about seeing people who have not had the chance to appear in those situations. Now, c- congratulations. Now you will be weighed on the merit of what you do in office. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and, and that is the ultimate form of everything is going i'm really happy you have this opportunity and now we will judge you by the same measuring sticks that we measure everybody else and that is congratulations uh mr biden congratulations ms harris you have four years do something great with them Mm -hmm. i'm just excited for uh stephen colbert to be funny again for the next four years why is he yeah (sighs) yeah maybe maybe we can leave maybe imagine we could leave you know the presidency alone in late night talk show and we could go you know Mm. different directions possibly Maybe, maybe um also, just a couple things. Uh, we, uh, just a question I had about the American president, mm-hmm. if I may. Because mm-hmm. the whole deal he made with Sydney was that if you can get this number of votes, I'll get you the last 10. Yeah. By the time that she gets her votes, he has no credibility left. How did he get the last 10 for her? Magic. Maybe, Maybe he'd already sorted him. He was actually in love and just was like, yeah, the movie no, needed right, something to be yeah, that, yeah. They would have depreciated just as his numbers did. They would, yeah. Just a thought. Um, and Carlo, our friend Carlo, uh, got a little bit late, but he wanted to throw us in and said, I uh, read this a couple hours too late, but I did see The American President in July. Overall, it's a melodrama saved by good performance, solid script, and confident direction. I might take advantage, Carlo, with the idea of saved. I think it's a good movie. It is a good movie. I thought it was a solid script. I liked it. And very well, very well acted. Mm. And very well cast. Yep. Yep. Just some last thoughts. Uh, remember that song we couldn't figure out? Yep. Well, it turns out, I said someone had, had messaged me, and then yeah. I'd forgotten. I asked them if they'd messaged me again. Yeah. And it was our friend Russell, the postie. 
Hey. Up from King's Land. Yeah, yeah. And he told me it's the theme from Peter Gunn, whatever that is. Oh, I, oh, I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's some old British thing. I think yeah. originally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that. So let's do uh, some shout outs. I always enjoy a chance to sort of shout out, and it's a lot, a lot of podcasts today, but that's okay. Carlo, uh, who gave us a shout out primarily about our worst films ever roundtable, the first roundtable we did. Oh, nice. He thinks Ethan is crazy for calling Once Upon a Time in Hollywood one of the worst films ever. <laughs> I stand by it. I stand by it. There's too much feet, and that young no, girl is way you, too young for Brad you Pitt. Are, Yicky. You are like, well, now that you've said that, it's not going to make it as easy, but you are like <laughs> Donald Trump, like defiantly spitting into wind <laughs> saying, stop counting the votes. It was a terrible movie. So kind of the IMDb <laughs> uh, Our friends at the F and Nerds podcast, who we listed them on a list that said it's an honor to be included every time. And Absolutely. They, and they gave us another shout out. I mean, so oh. there's a couple shout outs. I listened to an episode they did today. Uh, oh, sorry. I listened to the episode today. They'd done it about a week ago. Mm-hmm. It just happened to be the one that we got a shout out on. I wasn't ex- planning that. But they were mentioning how Jared Leto is now back in the uh, Suicide Squad sequel. Oh, is he? Oh, yes, yeah. I heard about that. And That's that, weird. I'm, I'm, I'm well up for seeing what happens with that. I think potentially... And if you can maybe talk Batfleck into coming back again. Uh, he is. Yeah. He I is. think there's some interesting stuff there. I think he's been signed on. Has he? Because I yeah. know he's got a spot in the Flash movie. Yeah, the Flash movie. That's it. Yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah. if he can show up in Suicide Squad as well, yeah. I think I, there's I some know, legs there. I'm yeah. interested. I know Leto's also supposed to be in like some of the reshooted scenes they're doing for Justice League as well. Well, they left like 30 minutes of stuff on the floor with him. Like they, 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 like, they had, like, he was supposed to be on screen for like 35 minutes. He was on screen for less than 10. Yeah. So Maybe they're giving him more time to shine. Maybe. Uh, our friends at the Paul and Griff show, they're just great. Yeah, cheers, they're guys. Our friends at Spy Hards who told us that anytime there can be associated with Aaron Sorkin, that's a good thing. <laughs> and I agree with that. Our friends at It's a Musical Podcast, our friend... Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. Smith. <laughs> oh no! I'm Jumping on my bit. She is what? back now, and and Dwayne wants to know where he can send his Virginia hams that Georgia can get it. So <laughs> we will. <laughs> uh, yeah, give me a shout, and I will give you an address. Can you imagine? I've got me a Virginia ham. I will eat the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a disturbing sentence. Not before coffee, uh, our friend Lestat, Yay, Lestat, who told us the other day Love he you, was bud. playing Pokemon and listening to best film ever. What kind of a great combination could oh, that be? Good lad. Something like that. I've done that. And Nick and Russ, who were bragging up Queen Ellie and her undefeated streak mm. in fantasy football. Um, I think Still they, stands at the moment. I think they jinxed you, is what I think's happening. Yeah. 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 As, what happened was, as we know, Ellie hadn't played me since the very beginning, and I was a bit bad at the beginning, and I've just been like undefeated. I don't know so. if you guys know this, but apparently Nick and Russ don't know anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk now. We're a good—I don't know what are we here? Ten, literally ten minutes into the into the podcast, uh, which isn't bad time just to make the segue. Um, where who's seen into the Spider Verse before? Is it just? I nope. imagine e- Ethan, it's you and me. I yeah, think that's it. Ladies, neither of you have seen it before, right? Nope. Nope. I wasn't counting the ladies, but... Day one. Uh, and then... Uh, no, I haven't. Wait, did you say you saw this on day one? I saw this on day one. I... Oh, this is so sad. I went in an actual Spider-Man cosplay to see this on opening night, and I went as uh, Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, and I was the best experience of my existence. Wow. Other than birth. <laughs> were you were you like were you like aware of the experience you were in during birth yes oh, i really? was cognizant oh wow, i was okay. like wow i'm being put into this hellhole better make the most of it so the greatest experience of my life was my first poutine 
<laughs> That's valid. In Hall, Quebec, I was like, oh, this is this is like a cha- this is like a touchstone moment in my life here. Touchstone. And you're always chasing that first poutine high. So yeah. My first like poutine ever had to be like artisan like Quebec hotel poutine, like properly okay. proper poutine. The good stuff. The good stuff. Like in Quebec they do it right. Are you gonna explain for our non Canadian listeners what a poutine is? It is magic in a bowl. Um, It (laughs) is French fries. You might call them chips in this country, but French fries. Usually thicker, thicker. So kind of like a home chip, I guess. So not French fries. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Fries in in, in North America, fries are just kind of anything that we would call. any Home fries. Chips, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, and then you asked me to explain what they were, and now you're correcting me. You do realize this, right? (laughs) Because you said French fries. No, no, no. Hang on. You went, come on. Come on. Come on, Mr. Canada. Explain it. And then you you explain to me this is like, it's not mansplaining. It's like Britain-splaining, is what's happening here. And so you take take these fries, Liam. Yeah. (laughs) And you put like cheese curds. Now it's like squeaky cheese. It's not like. Like like, ghost cheese. No, no, I, I don't know how to explain it. I think it does come from like a mozzarella, or like a cheddar, but it's like, oh, okay. it's like a curdy. It's done so it's yeah. so it's in curds. It's the curds rather yeah. than the curds and whey. Yeah, it's and, the top and, of the and, cheese. And they're fantastic. Oh, okay. And you just pour a little bit of uh, of like beef gravy on top yeah. of it, Ooh, oh. and so it gets a little. It's thick though, and it gets. Yeah. It's not like what you guys do for the carveries here, where it's like brown water. No, like, it's like <laughs> actual thick gravy. And actually, like half melts, but half doesn't. When you bite it, it like squeaks a bit as well. It's nice. it's just this lovely fuge of flavors that will raise your cholesterol ten points. First of all. <laughs> so good. So you know, there was the time in like your life which you, which you were fit, and then there was the time after you'd had poutine. You're like, no, I'm not giving this up. <laughs> and so anyway, that was I got a massive tangent here, but regardless, nice. So Ethan said he saw it on day one. I saw it one day. <laughs> I was just sitting here and I was like, oh, it was like on sale for like 99p on like the Amazon Prime store for like if you were like a Prime member. So I was yeah, like, yeah, all right, I'll try that. And was really tired. And it was one which I think you have to be maybe a little bit more awake. You do. I think, which is weird because it is, it is an assault on the senses. Big time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jesus. <laughs> As someone who is, who is feeling a little bit under the weather at the moment, I've got a bit of a cold. I've like had a bit of a headache all day. Watching this, I was like, Oh my god! What are my eyes currently experiencing? I was like, now, 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 like on that note, Georgia, you picked this film, so why don't you go ahead and explain why you decided to make this your last pick of 2020? Well, I was just a bit intrigued. I thought we haven't really done many animated on. We done any animated on here yet, other than Toy Story? Toy Story. Yeah, I think we haven't done much animated classes as best films, Um, and this did completely smash it out of the water when it first came out with three best animated Did pictures. you say smash it out of the Wait. water? Yeah. Is that a saying? That is, yeah. Really? Yeah. Is I thought it was smash it out of the park. See, that's a North yeah. American thing. Smash out of the park. It means home run. I've heard out of well, the water. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I, I, I back down. Yeah. Maybe it's a King's Lynn thing. Maybe. Maybe that's... <laughs> <laughs> back to your... Back, back, back to your... Back to your... <laughs> back to your water smashing as you were. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it did really well when it first came out, and it was just one that I hadn't gotten around to see. I really enjoy Spider-Man as a character. Um, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is definitely my favourite, not just because of everything, but because of everything else. Um, (laughs) And I like it, so I wanted to know if I would like this one as much. And yes, I'm aware I'm a bit delirious. I am on quite a lot of painkillers currently. (laughs) Now, outside of this film, if we talk about, are we in agreement that Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man? Yes. yes. Of a cinematic? Uh, 
up until this point, Tom Holland is the only Spider-Man I've seen. So that would be a yes for you as I, well. I can hear Lestat screaming at this podcast. Because he's saying, a big Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield, Garfield yeah. yeah. Ethan, yeah. you want to weigh in on this? If we're talking just movies, then yes. I agree. Oh, if it's just movies, then then I agree. Yeah. But my, my favourite Spidey is either Yuri Lowenthal or Drake Bell. Okay, are these like comic book Spider-Men? Uh, no, like actors. So Drake oh, okay. Bell from Drake and Josh played Spider-Man in the cartoons like 10 years ago. And Yuri Lowenthal is Spider-Man in the new video games. And he is good. Noted. I've been watching um, reruns of the Spider-Woman. <laughs> oh, okay. From the 70s, I think it is. Really good. I forgot. There's some bits I remember and some bits I, I hadn't, obviously. Well, too young. This film gave us about like five or six more <laughs> contenders for favorite Spider-Man. Oh, I know. Right? Oh. So um, I will say this: this episode is going to be amazingly timed because obviously main character is Miles Morales. The de- the day this episode will come out, it'll be two days later that Miles Morales's video game will launch. Is that because it's PS5 launch day? Uh, yeah, yeah, in America. Yeah. Cool. So there we go. Maybe um, we can link that. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Uh, George, was there anything else you wanted to say? Not really. No, I just wanted to watch it. All right, Ethan, you are on Context Corner today. Now, I'm asking you here because when I extended <laughs> this invitation out, like Ethan, when he has a fandom, he's like, <laughs> yeah. he's like way deep. 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 I'm yeah. too deep. We do a deep dive. dive. He does a deep, yeah. we deep, limited, deep dive. We limited Debbie last week on Aaron Sorkin to go, <laughs> you know, just just kind of, you know, things that would be exciting. She did a great job, I she thought, did. last week. Brilliant job. So those are the shoes you have to fit into here, Ethan. So your, your, your goal is to be informative, but without going to that uber nerdy place. Oh, yeah, don't worry. I condense this to as much as I can with it making sense and also a bit of comic weirdness because it does link into the story. Well, you've got that New Zealand accent, so the comic weirdness is going to come along. The right. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. My, my favorite Kiwis are like the guys from Flight of the Concords. <laughs> Uh, the guy who was oh the, the, that was the guy from Mo, Moana. He was one of he yeah, yeah he was in that. Yeah, yeah. Was so, so, so basically, the guys from Flight of the Concords, uh, Taika Waititi, and Ethan is a, and is, not even in that order. I think Ethan beats the Flight of the Concords guys. Is Russell Crowe Kiwi? Yes, he is. He was Come on, on. you can you can tell because that zany sense of humor. <laughs> <he has. laughs> Something in my back oh, knowledge Sam just Neil. said to How me. Can we forget Sam Neil? Is Sam Neil Kiwi? Yeah, Sam okay. Neil is a brawn and bread kiwi. Excellent, nice. excellent. Uh, tell you what, who's Ethan, Sam Neil? He's from Jurassic Park. Oh. Yeah. Uh, tell you, uh. tell you what, Ethan. Why don't you go ahead and start us off with some context on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Cool, cool, cool. So, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is weirdly not based on the comic it's named after, uh, written by Phil Lord, Chris Miller, and also a bit by Brian Michael Bendis, who is a comic writer. Uh, this was originally planned in 2014 after the Spider-Verse comic came out. And the reason I bring that up, because it's so different, it was about va- space vampires from different dimensions killing Spider-Man and absorbing mm. their energy. And Sony oh. went... Sequel, maybe? I'd like to see that. <laughs> You'd like to see all these Spider-Men you just met die off. <laughs> yeah, but back <laughs> and they'll come back. All right. Not everything can be a snap. Not everything can be that. <laughs> Nah, it's the energy draining from them, and it's horrifying. But yeah, Sony went, we can't do that, but we really want to do a uh, like an animated Spider-Man film. It was at the time that those uh, Sony hacks came out, and they were like, we're going to make everything Spider-Man. Aunt May movie. 
this movie will have Aunt May be a spy in another movie. And then they went, okay, we'll go back to the drawing board. And Phil Lord Chris Miller went, we'd love to do a Spider-Man movie because we just got fired from Star Wars. Oh. Yep. So then they came on board and went, well, let's do, you know, a, a love letter to comics. We'll do all that. And then they got uh, Amy, uh, Sarah Pichelli on board. They got Brian Michael Bendis on board who did all of that and went, okay, cool. We've had lo- so many Peter Parkers and it was at the time that there was Spider-Man fatigue. So they went, we'll, we'll change it up and we'll have a new Spider-Man. We'll have Miles Morales. So they went back to the drawing board and thought, okay, we'll rest- we rest- restart his story redo it for a new audience and that's all there really is for production but the animation is a whole new thing because obviously this film is cg this Mm. is a completely cg film but every single frame of this film has been rendered and then hand drawn over so uh they had a team of two animators who were doing the cg animation and the drawing as a test and for an entire year they were working on this and were only able to do 10 seconds of like wow. animation just as the test then they showed it to sony and sony went okay we like this we'll make it 60 then 170 then 185 so by the time that this started in 2016 by 2018 they finished it two months before the actual film release because of how much detail and effort had to go into each frame be it rendering it in cg and then hand drawing it with like the bende dots and everything yeah. mm. i don't want to um, it, it, tell you what once we start the review i want to stop the animation at one point and can that at that yeah. point can you explain what what the bende dots are okay yeah at that yeah point. no problem what, what, yeah. What, what, anything else um no all the other sort of pieces of context i'll probably sp- sprinkle in when they're more like uh needed for the story or the scenes we're doing i think a lot of my notes now from production is just very plot centric. Okay. Ethan, was there supposed to be a 3D version? Because at some points it looked 3D colors. Yeah, actually. Um there was a there was an interview I saw where they were saying this is like one of those films that work best in 3D because of like they want you to experience what it's like to jump into a comic book. Okay. So because of the animation and the depth of the universe, it's kind of like with space movies that if you see it in 3D, you, you're really there. Well, yeah. the, whole get, the whole idea and the visual and the aesthetic of Spider-Man swinging through Metropolis, not Metropolis, well, yes, in this case, it's, 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 it's Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, that, that, that whole image, I mean, that's quite like tailor-made for 3D, you would Absolutely. Think. You would want to feel... Yeah. Like if you you, you want to feel like you're going you through You feel like you're running Spidey's shoulder yeah. as he's swinging through the city. Yeah, yeah. so it would work. All right, so let's go ahead and start with deep dive. So we start off and we intro with a Sony logo, but then we go to the Columbia logo. And if you're not paying attention, it can, you can sort of miss it, but it starts to glitch. And right at the start, we go, oh, and they go through like old generations and alternate and then a few fictional Columbia logos as well. All put in there and you're going, oh, this is clever. It's self-aware. And I think kind of all bets are off as to where we're, we're kind of headed with this one. Yeah. And that's a lot to get from a title uh, identification card, like for the studio. Mm. I'm like, that's really well done. A lot of them are doing that now, though, aren't they? What's that? The title cards, and they're doing like different. Well, but this this like glitch. I don't yeah, know if you yeah, noticed yeah. it or not, but this like completely mm. glitched out. Kind of like all the characters would glitch out later yeah, on. Yeah. Like the logo just completely like went like 19 different ways. Cool. And then we start, and we meet Peter Parker, and this is backstory number one. We meet Spider Man number one, the Prime Spider Man, if I may. 
I'd say so. Yeah? Yeah, he's the, he's the conventional Spider-Man that yeah. we've been introduced to. And I really like this storytelling technique of let me tell you my Spider-Man story. It yeah. always started off with the comic book hitting the, hitting the desk with the with the front cover. And then you got like the let me tell you my, my – my, and they always went for the last time. Let me tell you my story. Yeah. And um, it's nice. What was they really- even have the Comics Code Authority logo as well. Yes, they like, did. Right before. I, it's such a nice touch. Um, and what was really a nice touch about this first, the, the Spider-Man Prime sort of introduction, is it was complete with shots from the previous Tobey Maguire, mainly, mm. Spider-Man films. Oh, yeah. So the, the shot of him like trying to stop the um, stop the train, yeah. the shot of him punching Doc Ock or whatever it was through, a, uh, through, the, through the wall or punching the car or whatever it was from Spider-Man 2. Uh, even 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 the nerdy dance from Spider-Man Three, and I like this because it was, it was them good. going, "Okay, we know some of this has looked a little bit naff, a yeah. little bit stupid, and we're going to lean into it." And even goes, "Yeah, I even did this." And like, <laughs> okay, I like this Peter Parker, and he goes, uh, he talks about the '80s cartoon, which was great. It had Brilliant. some had some footage of that with the whole Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, he said, "I've got my own song, <laughs> got my own song, and my own popsicles." We said those weren't that good. <laughs> yeah. I think I remember having one of those as a kid, and they did look about that. They did, didn't they? They were about that pants. Mm. They did. They crap and he goes i am the one and only spider-man and this is kind of setting you up going okay i, I don't think this is going to be accurate mm-hmm. and we learn from this there's only one spider-man and that's basically our introduction and then we cut it's really interesting. there's only one spider-man and then our next shot is of miles morales yeah and he's drawing and i don't know what song this is but i loved it they used it for the oh, intro and the outro it's uh sunflower by um oh god what's it by post malone post malone this is this is one of like the eight or nine songs that were written kind of like with black panther they got a load of like hip-hop uh performers to do write music for that movie and for that uh, album they had a load of different um rappers and singers write music just for this so there's like Nicki Minaj, XSS Tantassian, like solely just for this film. Now, I like this in the sense that if we're going to go a different way with, with, with Spider-Man, having be Miles M- M- Morales and, and the, the representation issues there, then he should be listening to music that would be that would feel authentic. But in the same breath, it needs to be easily identifiable as authentic, but still palatable enough mm. to like a wide audience. Yeah. So yeah. everybody could go, I, even people my age, I'm sitting there going, I like that song. And I don't think they had a 40-year-old white guy in mind <laughs> no. when they when they went, let's go ahead and write this song. But I, I was sitting there going, I like this, as well as the big giant Sony logo on his headphones. <laughs> every every teenager in this film had big like big, Sony yeah, headphones, yeah, yeah. the same one sort of ones on. And I can't blame them. I mean, no, cross-promote as you can. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to lie. It was at this point in the film where i was going oh please stop that because miles was doing the thing that really annoys me so much is when people like sing along to the song but they don't quite know all the words so they kind of go but isn't that authentic oh it is authentic but it's one of my biggest bugbears in real life so i was like going oh no escapism but it's the thing i don't like i found it i found it endearing i think it makes him i think it makes him likable because like every other teenager he's listening to his new hit song sings along and that's who he is he's a guy who's sort of posing he's trying a bit too hard to make you think he's got it all together and we see that happen at school we see it happen when he's spider-man yeah i don't know ellie i'm sure you love the hip-hop in this in this track it was fine okay (laughs) (laughs) it was fine (laughs) Anything else? No or? problem with it at all. Okay. And then this is where I want to talk about the animation because you had those dots. I've already forgotten the name of yeah. them. Uh, Bende dots. Can you explain what those are? Because this is the part where I started noticing them a lot. and They'd show up throughout the, throughout the film. 
So a Band-Aid, though, is um, basically sort of the formatting on the background of any comic book in the early 50s, 60s. A lot of the early Spider-Man stuff and it, all the early Marvel uh, Steve Ditko stuff had Band-Aid dots. And that's sort of the, the whole aesthetic of you want to make something look like it's got a comic aesthetic, put these little Band-Aid dots on them. I can't remember the name of the guy who made them, but it's just the way to sort of encapsulate a comic book. And it, it's, it's a nice touch because it meant that an animator had to individually do these dots on each frame. And it's like a 24 frame, like a second thing. Yeah. So that is, that is a lot of dots. A lot of dots. Mm. But it does make it feel like, like an old classic comic book. Because rather than, yeah. than wash it all in like a solid color like blue, if you could just do these dots, your brain will kind of just sort of fill in the gaps on its own. And it kind of makes it yeah. look like it's that. So it's got this lovely... It, it was it was literally like you dove into a comic book in this movie. But at yeah. the end of the day, if you're going to invest time in a movie, you want it to be the best it can be. So you're going to put all the effort in, aren't you? Well, you'd hope so. I mean, this is the thing that proves your theory. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're not going to if you like like Ethan was explaining. You know, there's so many different technologies going into this and yeah. and manual hand drawn things that if you're going to spend a good year doing this, two years, whatever, you want it right. Yep. So you'll ex- you'll do that extra few months, that extra half a year. So yeah, it's good. yeah. I it, mean, and it's revolutionary. Like no one else yeah, has done this in yeah. a film before. Ethan, even in the frame rate, like there are characters that have different frame rates yes. in their animation. Mars is at twelve frames per second for almost the entire film to show. You know, he's not really developed yet. And the yeah. second he embraces Spider Man, he goes into twenty four. It's it's a concept you would never think of like a film would do and it's just it's a tiny piece of detail and this is what happens when you have accomplished animators making these decisions yeah oh yeah yeah uh and then we get information about he's supposed to be packing for school does it at the last moment and i love miles's parents yep oh yeah Uh, miles's mom doesn't get a huge role in this but she's good in what she does but i thought the relationship between miles and his dad was such an important part of this film Mm -hmm. his actor is fantastic Brian Henry Gibson, I think his name is. Uh, if you've seen Atlanta, he's Paperboy in that. Haven't seen. And for our musical theater boys here, he's General Butt Fucking Naked in the original cast of Book of Mormon. No. Oh, is he yes. really? That's yeah. Cool. He started on Broadway. That's so cool. That's funny. Um, and so uh, then he goes to school. And we find that he's going to a private school, not to his regular school. We see him go past his regular school. He feels, you can see, quite upset that he doesn't get to go back to his school. They all miss him. Uh, there's a girl who's kind of into him, and he goes, wait, what? You, you miss me? Oh. And then he's trying to put these, like, stickers that we saw him working on earlier with, like, his tag on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, he, like, trips over his own feet. And lands in the middle of the road, right in front of a cop car. Thank God it was a cop car. Thank God it was, it was and, his dad as well. You, you don't know it was the first of the lights coming. He goes, "Oh no!" And Liam, you went, "Oh, jaywalking." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, I did. Yeah. And then you shoot. You show him in the back seat, and then we get the 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 pullout, if you will, yeah. and we see that it's, it's his dad in the front seat taking him to school. And I'm like, "Oh, that's that's a clever bit to like." Mm. You could just have him gone. Oh, good. You know, be be safe today, honey. And he can just cut me from going. Oh, you know, I do what I do to serve and protect. This is a much more organic way to do this absolutely i really liked it uh and then what i liked at this point i noticed that when he looks outside certain elements look like almost they're 3d like we're talking about 3d glasses and all yeah, that stuff yeah. like they're almost double layered but then the shot of spider-man is like crystal clear focus mm. and i didn't know if this was like a precursor to like his spidey sense sort of playing up 
Uh, yeah. No, actually, this is more of a, a depth of field. Uh, it's two things. It's supposed to be sort of like a depth of field, so we focus more on like the foreground than the background. But it's also a reference to like in the early days of comics, there would be these weird sort of moments where they would look kind of out of focus and double layered because of the printing process, so the ink would smudge sometimes okay. in transit. Oh, okay. So it's it's those two sort of things combined. So it's, it's a so really it's, nice technique. So it's more of a callback to a structural feature of comic books. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Because you see it later on um, Peter Parker Spider-Man's outfit. Oh, you yeah. See, you see yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. And so um, this at this point, we, it's really interesting. We get a cop's viewpoint on Spider-Man. He goes, I hate Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Who does he think he is? You know, he's getting in the way. He's not going to do our job. He's a vigilante. Da, 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 da. Don't answer to anyone. Yeah. And then he starts, and then Miles is kicking off about something. And he goes, do you want to end up like your uncle? And I'm like, oh. Mm. And they, again, they could have gone, no, I like Uncle Aaron. Your Uncle Aaron is a deadbeat and a bum. No, yeah. they don't give us that. They just no. give us the uncle, and they dr- and it felt so organic. Mm. Like mm. I don't need to know at this point, but I know what I need to anticipate his uncle when he shows up, and go. Why is there bad bad blood? But it didn't go that that awkward exp- expositional place. And then he tells Miles he drops him off. He goes, "I love you, Miles." And he goes, <laughs> "Thanks, Dad." And then he, as he walks away, Dad gets a loud so he goes, "You got to say it back." <laughs> Everybody can hear. Now, at this point, Miles could theoretically just go in the school. Yeah. But he's like frozen in this moment. And uh, eventually he has to go, I love you too. Like, I'm kind of going, how do we feel about this? Is that. Is, this is such a dick move. Is it? it is. Yeah. It's goofy. You wouldn't have done that in real life. I think so there's. So embarrassing. I think it does. I think it helps build the relationship between Miles and his dad. And I, I like yeah. the idea of going, look, I know you're a teenager. I know you're growing up. We can't lose this. Yeah, but would you do that in front of everybody at the new school? Oh, I don't I think don't you would. Yeah, in the car, cool. maybe. Like There's what I would but do not, and go, yeah. Not out. Don't let him out of the car. I mean, it's played for laughs yeah, as yeah, far yeah. as like it's your, it's your worst nightmare. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, dad's abusing his power. <laughs> he is he doesn't run red lights, but he will definitely use the uh, <laughs> use, <a speaker. laughs> use the loudspeaker. Yeah. I don't know. George, what would your perspective on this be? Um, I probably wouldn't make him do it out loud in front of his new school on what we assume is his first day. But uh, no, it's all right. Two weeks, doesn't he? Oh yeah, it's his yeah, first two week for two weeks. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then we go. Uh, in- still new enough. <laughs> and then we go into the school, and uh, his shoes are untied, and this became a theme of it. Yeah, I know it's a, yeah. it's a choice. <laughs> and Nike definitely got some money's worth out of out of this here for sure because they they featured those those high tops whenever they could. Mm. And a montage is a great way to show that he's really overwhelmed at this new school. And it's he goes. It is a good montage. Plus, he, with the music and the beats. Oh, the just, music's so good in this. Oh, yeah. Just in general. Uh, and he goes into a class and he's late. And for some reason, this is the only class he seems to be late to a lot, I guess. <laughs> but he goes, maybe I'm not late. Maybe you guys, because of Einstein and relativity, maybe you guys are all early. <laughs> <laughs> and this girl's the only one who laughs and she goes oh come on it was it was so bad you have to laugh yeah it was, <laughs> it was good and then she sit, he sits down beside her and she goes actually i thought it was it wasn't that bad i, I like the joke yeah. it wasn't funny but, but i like the joke <laughs> and so it's it's nice and in the background you've got a character who will show up later who works at the amnistrax lab or whatever the scientist who we meet later talking in the background and we cut to a teacher who's saying, look, and Miles is like, oh, I got zero. Guess I'll have to go back to my old school. And she goes, yeah, it's true and false. Yeah. You can't get zero unless you know the right answer. So she turns it into 100. 
And I'm here to say that never once happened to me in all my time in school. <laughs> you go, you're clearly just – let me just reverse the number here. This is what you get. You are so clever. And he's lucky you know, that was out of, out of 100. Mm. You notice the date said December? No, I didn't. <laughs> so he got that wrong too. Uh, and then he's supposed to be doing his homework. He gets an essay on Great Expectations. And instead of this, we get – I mean, the use of licensed music was so cool. And they give the songs that were associated with his uncle. This is the first of them. We get Biggie. We get Biggie, right? Mm-hmm. Hypnotized by, by Biggie Big, Biggie Smalls. Did you, did you notice – this is more to uh, Ian and Georgia. Did you notice the community reference? Oh, what was it? Uh, when uh, Aaron and Miles walk past the TV, you see it's the first episode of season two of Community where Donald Glover is uh, rising out of the bed in his Spider-Man shirt. Oh, really? And it's a reference for two reasons. One, because back in like season two of Community, that happened because people wanted um, Donald Glover to play Peter Parker. And so then Brian Michael Bendis went Black Spider-Man and then... He voiced Miles Morales in the cartoon show, and then he played Aaron Davies in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes. So he's both Miles and Uncle Aaron now. Excellent. Mm. That's cool. Um, I like that. Because there is a reference in that film that how he has to get back to his nephew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so he goes and visits Uncle Aaron, who's playing Big E Big. And doing homework is cooler. Sorry, doing homework is not cooler than going to visit uh, Uncle Aaron. So he goes to Uncle Aaron, and this is where Uncle Aaron's like, he's he's so much cooler than Dad. Like Dad's a dork. <laughs> say I love you. Come yeah. on, say I love you. And meanwhile, Uncle's like, you got game? Come on, you don't got game. Come on, tell me you know the shoulder touch. <sighs> and it's it's this guy who Miles can drop the guard and just be like, you know, teach me about girls. Mm-hmm. Teach me about being cool. Teach me about those th- conversations he can't have with his dad for whatever reason, and he can have them w- with his uncle. And it was a nice touch. Ethan, is this? Oh, I always get his first name wrong. Mahershal Ali. Yeah, yeah. He's it from is. Uh, he's from House of Cards. House of Cards. He was uh, in Luke Cage, and now he's Blade. Wasn't he in Green Book or Green? Oh, uh, he was uh, is Green Book the one where it's him and Viggo Mortensen yeah, yeah. in the car being like, "Look yeah. how different we are, but we, racism." We fixed, we fixed racism. <laughs> the white man drives the car now. Look yeah. how progressive we are. You saw Driving Miss Daisy. We're turning that on its head. <laughs> <laughs> and Moonlight. How can I forget Moonlight? Moonlight. Yeah, uh, he, he wasn't in Moonlight, was he? Yeah, he's oh, the main he? guy in Moonlight. Oh, is he really? Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. Moonlight, as you can tell. Very good. One of my yeah. favorites. Uh, and then we have a tagging field trip, uh, and this is where we find out that like the uncle is is on the wrong side of a law. At this point, Liam, you were going, so he's like the uncle's like like a criminal, yeah, yeah. and like the dad, he's like a cop, and that's right. And the funny part was Miles can't climb the fence, <laughs> which was really nice if you know he's going to be Spider Man in a minute, and you know he'll have no problem with that. And there's some spider shadowing, and also there's a number forty two. Ethan, what on earth is the number forty two about in this film? Okay, yeah, I was going to bring this up at a point later. Uh, I can can wait. Oh, no, 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 it it works here as well. So in the comics, 42 is Miles' lucky number. It's the uh, number in the ball of the the lottery that he wins uh, to go to uh, New Visions Academy, Um, which it's weird. This is a reference to that, but that was a reference to Jackie Robinson. 
So, oh, because I yeah. thought maybe it was forty-two Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, meaning a life. Mm. That's that's what people say. Uh, uh, yeah, thought. that's what my brain thought. But forty-two is Jackie Michael Robinson, Memphis. the first black yeah. baseball player, would line up yeah. with Miles Morales, the first half black Spider-Man. Yeah, because his mom uh, is his mom is Puerto Rican. Am I right? In this? Uh, yeah, his mom is Puerto Rican, and his dad is uh, black. Yeah, which is is really cool because I don't think he's the first black Spider-Man. Because the first black Spider-Man, as far as I know, is like Hobie Bryant. Okay, the first um, the first cinematic black Spider-Man. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but you're saying if, yeah. if if the history is in the comic books, then yeah, fair enough. Yeah, uh, I thought it was something to do with, like, he's the 42nd Spider-Man in the canon, and then I had to double-check, because I completely forgot that, like, in the comics, it's like, 42's my lucky number. Um, which is, yeah, it's 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 a nice attention to detail. And it then uh, Miles is tagging over this giant wall under some, I thought it was Beastie Boys, but it turns out it's Run DMC's Mary Mary. So, really like that. Thought Ooh. it was good. And then he's bitten by the spider... And it's the greatest subverted expectations because there's a musical attack, and it just goes, "Oh!" And he slips it away. <laughs> yeah. Like you think he's like like pass out on the floor, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he just goes, "Ow!" And just falls the screen. spider. And that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, see, like, you see like the comic book version of it, like going into his blood and all these yeah. sorts of mm. different things happening, and then no, he's like, "Ah!" And takes it away. It was great. And that was a cool thing. Was it moments like this? Yeah. It would go like triple frame, mm-hmm. and like it would break down at the comic book panels. That's, yeah. that's cool. And that was just a really nice visual. I mean, this thing looks unlike anything we've ever seen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so the next day, uh, he goes, gets up, goes into school, and he tries the hay shoulder thing with uh, the girl we know eventually will be Gwen. Mm-hmm. And he puts the hand on her shoulder and tries the hay. But A, he botches it, for starters. <laughs> and then he can't get his hand to unstick. And then he gets it in her hair, and he goes, oh, it's just puberty. It's just puberty. And she goes, I don't think you know what puberty is. <laughs> there, was a, there was a nice sort of foreshadowing as well to her being uh, Spider-Gwen, because he's like, hey, we're new here. It's not something we got in common. She's like, yeah, that's one thing we've got in common. Oh, it's clever. Yeah, you're right. It's not the same girl, though, is it? It's from a different reality, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, no, but that is her, though. She comes earlier, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the question, yeah. yeah, Liam was just going, are they both in the same universe or mm, not? No. And the answer is no, they're not yeah. from the same universe. She buzzes in. She just happens to jump in a week ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah, she's the same girl from the rest of the film, though. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. thought that's yeah. why she laughed at the time being relative joke, because obviously she had to oh, that's clever, technically yeah. time-traveled as well. well. I guess technically they've all kind of time-traveled. True. Yeah. yeah. But hers is just, it's just, it's really, it is really arbitrary, but she's the only one who gets a different starting point, as far as we know, yeah. as far as we know. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes back after getting his hand cut out of her hair. He goes back, lays on <laughs> his bed, great look. Uh, go, flicks through some. And it's interesting that he's got like Spider Man in a world where there's a real Spider Man. There's also Spider Man comic books. Yeah. So he's both yeah. a work of fiction and a real figure. I think maybe the fiction came about after he. Well, that would make sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just seems really strange. It's like are these like considered like historical documents now. <laughs> Is it like rather than being fictional tales, it's like pictorial like yeah. stories of the things he's actually done. And I then, love how in the comic he's called Billy Barker. How oh, was he? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, why is my hand sticky? And he's like, he just said to himself, why is my hand sticky? And then he realizes, oh, my God. And he asks, can there be two Spider-Men? And we have a sticking montage. Oh, we already did already. Uh, and then he's going to go back to the subway because he's like, I'm, I'm sticking to the walls. I'm sticking everywhere. I need to get back to the subway or back to this deserted area anyway. And so he goes and he finds the spider and he kind of picks it up and flicks it again. And then the spider glitches, as does everything around him. 
and there's a, the first sense of spidey of spidey sense as in the background you just get look out appears in the background which was really cool mm. and then the green goblin shows up and they're at some sort of hadron collider thing and the prime spider-man is fighting green goblin who he even calls norman which i thought was great mm-hmm. yeah you're never gonna guess who voices green goblin dude oh i really hope it's the guy who did it oh what's his name uh it's not willem dafoe is it no oh, that no cool. oh wait you're hang on a, uh, oh wait, no, go ahead go ahead you're a nakomi you know from lonely island wait which one's he <laughs> I think I, butch- I butchered his name. Let me restart. Because I know it as uh, there's Andy Samberg and the other two. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, God. They don't have their names. Uh, Jorma Taconi. Okay, is he the one with the round face? The one who's a little bit more straight-faced? The one who's a little bit more straight-faced. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But that was nice. It was a, It was a reference to, like, the ultimate Green Goblin, you know, the one who killed Peter Parker in the comic in the Ultimate Comics that Miles originated from. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it was, it, it's cool. I completely forgot. I missed like a giant load of Easter eggs in Miles's phone as he's going there as well. So yeah, so there, there's some sort of hadron collider type thing, and Spider-Man Prime meets uh, Miles, and they. It's interesting because they both show their Spidey sense in slightly different ways. They have different colors, yeah. and the shapes coming out of their head are yeah. slightly different like to that. represent. Just they're the same, but they're not the same. Yeah. Uh, that was great. And this is where we find out that Spider-Man Prime will train Miles. Yeah. And like yeah. In, in all like the romantic, I'm going to teach you what responsibility is. I'm going to yeah. teach you what this, I'm going to teach you how to do, the, I'm going to teach you how to do the tricks, but I'm also going to teach you, you know, how to be, how, how to do right. Yeah. And then there's another villain who shows up and the name of the villain, I, oh, I wrote it down later. Prowler, is it? Prowler, yeah. Is the Prowler an actual like existing, con- I guess so, yeah, Uncle Aaron's Yeah, a thing. yeah. Yeah. In- in the Ultimate Comics, obviously, he's he's Uncle Aaron, and that was that whole thing that Aaron worked as like a, a bad guy at Alchemex, and he accident he was bringing home the the tainted spiders to to try and sell on the black market, and Miles was just there that day in Aaron's flat, got bit, and then was like, ah oh, shit, well Spider Man's dead, guess I'm Spider Man, and then uh, Mary Jane's like, no, you're not, you <laughs> need to trade, and then Prowler appears and like wrecks shit. Okay. And then at this time, we also meet Kingpin. And Kingpin, I believe this is Leave Schreiber? Yes. Is and it? this is what made me go, I want him to play the thing in Fantastic Four. Because Leave Schreiber, of course, was caught weary. Yes, in Scream. In Scream from a couple of weeks ago. So he's got a lot. Last time we had a role where he did, he appeared on camera but didn't speak. Yeah. Now we have a role where he speaks but doesn't appear on camera. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. And he's also Ray Donovan, isn't he? He is Ray Donovan, yes. So I um, think. It's weird because uh, was it uh, the 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 other live action kingpin? Uh, oh God, what's his name? Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Vincent D'Onofrio is kingpin. Yeah, he's a okay. great kingpin. He is. He's very Vincent good. D'Onofrio is just a great actor. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and actually, he'd be a really good kingpin. Um, and so he fires up the the uh, co- the collider and New York City glitches, and Spider Man Prime kind of dematerializes, like his molecules kind of go all like wacky, and I th- I thought yeah. he evaporated, and then no, he's just laying on the ground. Yeah, I think that's what summons the other spiders. Is him? Oh, okay, maybe like, that's a good idea. Yeah, Why is it only then them? He, like morphs into the others, okay. and then they magically get a portal. And his dying speech, he says, I mean, basically he says, get the USB and then stop Kingpin from turning it on again. That, so, because if he just does it again, then it'll really go bad. So mm-hmm. this is a race against time. Destroy the collider. 
Uh, if it's turned on again, everything you love will disappear. And um, what do I have? I know what you're trying to do and it won't work. Oh, uh, that's what uh, Pete says to Kingpin. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. that's right. He then says, yeah. they're gone. They're gone. And we're kind of... This and, then and starts... This enrages this starts, Kingpin. Yeah, this starts like a recurring musical interlude, like whenever a big heroic moment happens, it's like this two second, like do, 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 do kind of thing. And it's just whenever there's a heroic, I butchered that. Yeah, so hang on, hang on. How did that go? Can you do that again? I'll do this that again correctly and we can cut that last <laughs> part. It's just like do, 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 do. And it's just like this heroic <laughs> thing. Whenever something big happens, that sounds like the, the Jeopardy theme. And I realize that now. Oh, on that note, do you know what happened today? Yeah, I saw it. Alex really Trebek, sad. Canada's own Alex Trebek died at the age of 80. Yeah. Godspeed, mm. Alex Trebek. Mm. Absolutely. But yeah, there's this musical interlude that plays whenever like a heroic thing happens. So when Pete's like, run, save your family, blah, 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 that plays. And whenever something like heroic begins to happen or a moment of like Miles' story progressing, it always plays. Yeah, um, because Spider-Man Prime asks for one second because he wants to tell Kingpin what he saw. And this is where you yeah. get that it won't bring him back. And up until now, the Prowler's going to kill Spider-Man. But then Kingpin does it himself after he gets so enraged by this and brings those giant like forearms down on him. Mm-hmm. And Parker is... Not Parker, jeez. I'm going to do this a lot. Miles is caught sort of um, by... He makes a noise, and they go, oh, there he is. Get it. Kill that guy. Kill that guy. And so Prowler <laughs> runs after Spider-Man. Uh, well, Miles. And Miles can now climb over the fence, which was a nice little touch about how easy he can get mm-hmm. over the fence compared to earlier. And he's wearing a blue jacket and a red hoodie. And I thought, well, that's kind of cute. You're like halfway yeah, towards yeah, Spider-Man yeah. anyway. <laughs> and he gets back at home. And as soon as he's... And he's home-home. He's not at the school. He's home-home. And his dad comes in. He just gives his dad a big hug, which we would see later in the film. I hadn't really would, quite realized yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And he just asks, he says, I want to stay home for the night. And he's like, well, you made a commitment to this school. And his wife's just like, honey? <laughs> he's like, well, he did, honey. Okay, you can stay. <laughs> he's like, do you really hate Spider-Man? And it seems weird. Like, obviously, this is not what, what Miles wants to hear at this point. But no. he's like, yeah, I do. He's a, he's a, he's a degenerate. <laughs> and basically, it's like, okay, wait to read the room, Dad. And uh, <laughs> Miles goes to sleep, well, kind of, only in time to hear that Peter Parker is dead. And so there's a great reverse zoom from mom and dad watching the news on the couch all the way out to show the empty window, which mm. was a really nice touch. It was. And then um, Miles goes and buys a suit, which is where we get our, uh, oh, our Stan Lee cameo. This was amazing. I love this. This, so this happened, this film came out like a month after Stan Lee had just passed oh, away. Oh, was it really? That explains the quote at the end. Yeah. yeah. So when he was like, you know, I'm going to miss him. We were friends. Everyone in the in the cinema was just a mess because that was the first cameo that Stan had done after he died. Yeah, yeah. There was all, he's got a few more in the, in, in the tin and all that much. But yeah. eventually that'll that'll be the last thing. Then will be what's the last one you've got in the tin? Mm. Yeah, I think the last one was Endgame. No, he's got no, he's no, got a couple, he's got more, a couple recorded. more recorded. Yeah, yeah. They oh. they were thinking ahead and recorded a few in advance just in case. See, I thought that was was the ones for like Homecoming to. Ragnarok, no, but I, I might. Be I think. Wrong. I think there's still more. Well, yes, I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. If, that's why if, I thought there wasn't one released. in. Uh, yeah, that's why I thought there wasn't one in uh, Far, Far from, from Home. Home. Yeah, maybe. Don't know. It might have. Uh, yeah, good, good question. We 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 shall see. There's a mistake. I think I made. So um, 
he goes to he gets from Stan's collectibles, and Mary Jane is making the eulogy. Yeah, and she's kind of this whole like, and they're counting on you. Which what Miles goes, they're counting on me, mm-hmm. and the guy next to him goes, probably not you specifically. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably more of a metaphor. <laughs> I that was, that was a nice little touch, which was great. It was good. <laughs> And then um, Miles decides he's going to test his powers, and he goes up to the roof, and the music swells, and then we get this musical attack of him, like, running back down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets up again, and he trips on his shoes, and he bangs everything on the way down, and he breaks the USB stick, which, when he takes the USB stick out of his pocket, like, electrical current is sparking. Like, I've never had that happen with a USB stick, ever. No. So not that I've fallen off a lot of roofs with a USB stick in my pocket, <laughs> but I call BS that all his bones are fine. His clothing is not ripped, but the USB stick is the only thing that's become damaged. <laughs> it's his spider bones. Yeah. What, what about the, so that thing from Stan's collectibles is really high quality, I guess. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It always fits. It always fits eventually. <laughs> um, and so he goes to Peter Parker's grave, says he's sorry. And then someone in the background goes, hey, kid. And this is where I was kind of glad to see they had web slingers. Yeah. yeah, and not because there's two types of Spider Man. I will say to Ellie and Georgia, who might not be as familiar. There's the Spider Man who can like shoot webs out of their like out of their wrist naturally. Like they just ha- yeah. like, they build up, they build up. Oh yeah, yeah I know this. They, they build up like web material, like you would like semen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, God. not to think, so not to think, <laughs> not to think of like web slinging. Uh, okay. It's like it's like ejaculating from your wrists. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep this in. <laughs> I mean, it's a white sticky liquid, isn't oh. it? <laughs> but but uh, in, in other versions, he's got like cartridges. Okay, yeah. yeah. Which I want to like, how do they create the cartridges? Like, I don't know this, but Ethan, Ethan, tell me a little bit here. Well, if you want to know the scientific thing, it's a oh. mix of hydrochloric acid. No, I, don't, I have no idea. Okay. No, it's, just, it's just plot convenience. <laughs> but some do a, a big problem some people had yeah. of the um i because i think I, th- I think tom holland spider-man has just coming out of his wrists Nah, tom holland makes his because there's that scene oh, in he yeah, he does, where he's yeah. like he's in the chemistry class and he's like mixing it together oh, okay. and it explodes and he has to shut the doors maybe it's comes maybe it's toby then who does who has it yeah toby's wrists? the yeah. one who had it magically come out and then there was a big like bit of anger in the comic community and marvel like <laughs> Ah shit! We need to like keep with the times. So they had Spider Man get eaten by a sp- giant spider. Okay. Be reborn, like okay. like birthed by her. So then it was just like in co- comic continuity for a while that he could just you know spew it out of See, his. See, here's wrist, my like, issue because totally. once you get bit by the spider, I'm totally okay with the idea that you would then be yeah, able to I build am. to build up webs. Yeah. Because you were bit yeah. by a spider. Yeah. It's not like you woke up one day decided I'm. It's like an Iron Man, and you're like, how can I? Oh, all of a sudden now I have the ability to shoot you know webs from my wrist. <laughs> He's bitten by a spider. I was bitten by a radioactive iron ingot, like, and now I can make suits. Like then he can crawl on walls. We're like, well, yeah, sure, but do webs out of his wrist? Ah, that's a bit unbelievable, oh, no, isn't right? it? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and this is where we find that he can electrocute other people because this guy touches him on the yeah. shoulder and he zaps them. And this is where we meet Spider-Man B, Peter B. Parker. Peter B. Played by Jake Johnson. A Nick Miller from New Girl. Not seen it. Oh, have you not? Oh, uh, it's not good. It, it's, he it's, just plays Nick in this. He, he, he plays Nick in everything he does. <laughs> Uh, and so his origin story is that he's a lot older. He's been doing it for 22 years. He kicked some ass, and then he made some bad business investments. I love the, T- <laughs> I love the TGI Spideys. Yeah. That was funny, yeah. That one got yeah. me. And then uh, we and find... he's Jewish. 
Yes, and we found out that P- well, Nick Miller, right? Uh, we found yeah. out that, that Peter B. Parker and Mary Jane split up because he didn't want to be a father. And I'm like, here's our arc for this character. Mm-hmm. We're going to pair him yep. with, with, with this kid. Uh, and he's eating pizza and glitching into another universe. And he goes, and then I went ahead and saw that the version of me was dead. And it was like looking in a mirror. <laughs> now, except for he was blonde. I'm like, there's a little bit more. Like he's younger. <laughs> he's like in shape. He's like, Do you notice um, not they have like these little inconsistencies in this universe of like our actual things? So it's like Coca Soda yep. from Dusk Till Sean. I saw I um, saw a Red X truck. Yeah, my favorite Snap, is the Snapchat was like boo boo pics or something. <laughs> they have uh, baby showers, which I think is supposed to be bridesmaids. Okay, and there's Hi Hello, which is like John Mulaney's Oh Hello. John Mulaney, who would later show up yeah. in this film. Yeah, uh, Ethan, which I thought was a nice kind of thing. Do, do you know who played Spider-Man Prime? Spider-Man Prime is Chris uh, Pine. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's oh, Chris Pine. Word. And I was like, oh, cool. He'll do that for a bit and, you know, do whatever. There's a little cameo. No, he he sang songs. They they recorded that that Christmas album. Yeah. Is a full Christmas album because they got ju- Chris Pine to record. Is it just me or did, or did Spider-Man Prime feel very Deadpool, though? Yes, very very i mean i mean he's yeah. always got that like snarky quippiness to him which i thought <sighs> was it, it, it works i, I think so. it works i guess so uh but um yeah so uh then we have the idea of he's got to get away and he's got unconscious nick miller peter b parker with him uh and uh, peter parker my hair this might be when he like eats it into his own gravestone oh yeah <laughs> and then there's a train dragging both guys and uh, eventually, Peter B. Parker wakes up and kind of Miles is like, I'm Spider-Man too. And he's <laughs> like, most superheroes don't wear their own merch. And that's also good if you're in a band, you're a pro wrestler, maybe if you have a podcast, just don't wear your own merch out there. Or yeah. maybe do. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. We, would, we would totally wear our own merch. I would merch. totally wear my own merch. Yeah. So I would, I would wear Liam the, does have merch. I do. I would wear the Liam shirt. <laughs> Liam would wear the Ian shirt. <laughs> Sounds good to me. And all of a sudden he goes, well, are you this? No, are you that? Oh, oh. And then finally Miles goes, are you from a parallel universe? And you've just been brought here against your will. And he's like, well, actually, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, they talk about quantum theory. And the whole time this is going on, Spider-Man's wrapped up. Uh, Peter B. Parker's wrap, wrapped up. And he goes, don't watch the ha- mouth, watch the hands. And he's freed himself. And he goes to leave, but then, of course, he glitches. And this is where Miles decides to use the great power comes great responsibility. He's like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> And they're going to get a new USB stick and says, we don't have a moment to lose. And then we cut to them eating a burger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love Peter B. Parker. Yeah. He's great. Uh, and so he goes, maybe you can give me some tips. Miles asks him and he goes, okay, uh, you want to put talcum powder inside the suit so you don't chafe? You're going to want to put disinfectant on the mask, which felt very true in 2020. Yeah, doesn't it? It's like, this guy's ready. You can, tell, you can tell this guy's from the future because he knew how to do this. Absolutely. Um, and, so he goes, so that's, and he goes, okay, we're going to have to go to this lab. Let's go. And he goes, okay, great. We're going to learn how to swing. And again, yeah. it cuts and they're on the bus. <laughs> yeah. And this film used these sorts of changes of location and scenes for punchlines really well. Very, very well. Um, and this is the first time I realized that Peter B. Parker has sweatpants on. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'd notice that, that. That, that from the word get-go. And then, so the deal is that uh, Peter's going to stay, not Peter, uh, Miles is going to stay outside. And Peter B. Parker's going to do all the work. Um, but Kingpin is there, and some Miles goes in to save him. And eventually, 
they run into each other. And Peter B. Parker's really giving him a hard time until he says, I can't let another Spider-Man die. And he gets it. He goes, okay, yeah, I yeah. understand that. Um, at this point, Peter B. Parker turns into an all right guy. He says, look at that conversation because Kingpin's having a conversation with the scientist. He goes, he's going to say you have 24 hours. <laughs> you have 24 hours. And I'm like, this is, not, this is a really nice bonding scene, I thought, yeah. for the two of them. And then Peter like, gets scared and then turns invisible. But he's not inaudible. Yet for the remainder of the scene, when Miles speaks, sorry, Miles turns invisible, not Peter. But for the remainder of the scene, whenever Miles speaks, only Peter can hear him. Yeah. How's that work? Spidey Body sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I wasn't expecting that to be as easy to fix, but it was. <laughs> and he logs in, Miles, to this computer, and it is like my work laptop. It has so many like icons on the desktop. I'm like, this is what my work laptop will look like about once every 18 months. Ooh, and then I'll no, 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 and then, no. And, and then I'll clean it up. I will. <laughs> but I'll go, I'll never let it get that bad again. <laughs> and then like six weeks later, it's like, yeah, it's starting to get that bad again. <laughs> Oh, I hate that. Even... Try and find something on that laptop screen. It is hell. Yeah, it does really look that bad. Even in cartoon version, this set me off. Okay, <laughs> and then we have the the um, the female scientist come out and challenge and says, "Hey, you can't take because they've decided we can't get in there. The USB is not working. We'll just grab the whole tower for this computer and take it with us." And she goes, "You can't take that. Why? Well, my friends call me whatever, but my name is." Doc Ock, and that was a great reveal. The first time I saw it, I went, "No!" Yeah. It's oh great my she's god! Got, like, she's got the octagons for the glasses, and her hair looks like an octopus. And they even have the joke before. Yeah. It's like I need to re-examine my bias. I was doing, and that's exactly what, that sets you up. And I was totally yeah. doing that thing because when it happened, I went, "I never saw that coming," and I judged myself a little for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ellie Doc Ock is a character in Spider-Man Two uh, who takes Peter under his wing and sort of teaches him because he teased the, a professor at the school where um, Peter Parker is uh, going to school. And I believe it's the, it's the catchphrase brilliant, but lazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And really takes him under his wing. And then they find out that the, each other are these, these two different things. So Doc Ock is the supervillain, and Peter of course is Spider-Man. Mm. And right. in the end, Doc Ock spoilers uh, sacrifices himself to save Peter. Uh, it doesn't happen in this one, obviously. But the idea that this guy who was kind of a big hench-looking dude in the film is now played by, you know, a woman who looks like she failed the audition for Magic School Bus <laughs> was, was like, really quite funny and really quite shocking. You're going to have to explain Magic School Bus to me now as well. Uh, oh, nah. my God. No, that... You, Google that. No. Google that. Watch it mess with the frizz. Yeah. It's hilarious. It does look like Weirdly. it's, like, discount frizzle. But, yeah. Weirdly, Doc Ock is one of my favorite Spider-Men. Shut up. Really? So, yeah, in the current canon, like, right before the Spider-Verse comic, Doc Ock killed Peter Parker. <sighs> like, he had cancer. He's like, I figured out you're Spider-Man, Peter Parker. So they swap brains, and then he dies of cancer. So Peter's dead. And before he dies, he's like, Dr. Octopus, here's all the great powers and responsibilities. He's like, oh, shit, I'm a good guy now. But also kind of bad. It's great. This is way too complicated. Yeah, uh, isn't it? <laughs> but into whatever universe. One last time. So um, Wanda, who we later know is not called Wanda, they run by her and she's there. We, we notice this. And there's a great scene as they're going through the trees and Peter is kind of learning how to, how to web sling ever so slightly. And uh, Peter first is running and then he sorry, My, Miles is at first running and then he discovers, no, 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 I can shoot webs. And then 
like they glitch at the wrong time. Yeah. And then down they fall, and Doc Ock has the hard drive until then we meet Spider Gwen. Gwen, yeah. This is Gwen Stacy. Spider Gwen. <laughs> For two years, the only Spider Woman. Uh, and then we find out she was, unlike everybody else, she was taken back to last week. And this is when she had the Spidey sense, was telling her to go to Visions Academy, where she ran into Miles Morales, not Peter Parker. At which point, um, Miles goes, I like your haircut. And she goes, you don't get to like my haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I love the haircut. It's great. And she, he goes, how many more Spider-Men are there? And we just hear, save it for Comic-Con. He's like, what's yeah. Comic-Con? <laughs> uh, and then we have a flashback. And this is really where we found out that Kingpin, Kingpin's family died fleeing from him when they finally discovered his secret identity. They were running away from him, and they were so distracted at running away from Kingpin, they got hit by a semi-tractor trailer mm-hmm. and killed them. And uh, Doc Ock's revealing, you know, well, by the way, there's three Spider-Men. How's that bad? Well, it's good. It means it's working. And our spider heroes go to Aunt May's house, and I'm going to put money down that Aunt May is played by Lily Tomlin. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Lily Tomlin, Ellie, who you will recognize from Grace and Frankie. Oh, cool. Aunt May I was Aunt May was she the, is, she's but... the hippie. Oh yeah, yeah. Played by the hippie. I think she's also in Brilliant. a film with John Travolta. Called... Oh, she's in tons of stuff. Like she was in Big Business with Bette Midler back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so um, she played a kick-ass Aunt May. In this she one. did very. She good. was very good. So that's, badass. She's that's amazing. why they chose her. Yeah. Which is they really wild. giving a speech at like an award ceremony, and they're like, "Oh, that's the kind of sass we want for Aunt May." <laughs> and so they go to some shed in the backyard, and Peter B. Parker's like, "Yeah, I got one of a couple of suits." Like, yeah. it's like it's like a bat cave, but not a. Bat I said cave. to you, didn't I? Go, bet it goes down into a cave. Yeah, you did. You said, into, I bet it goes down. I'm, it's like a, it's like a bat cave. It's yeah. Like a lair. <laughs> and so, and there's all the suits. And Ethan, I'm sure you've got some commentary on the suits here because this okay. was just pure fan service. Yeah, completely. this was so much fan service, and I love it so much. <laughs> Um, so these are all actual suits that have been in the comics. Um, I did recognize the, the one from Avengers uh, Infinity War, where it's like the gold suit. Yeah, like so that the was the one from that was from the Civil War comic, yeah. uh, not the not the movie. So that so this is in no particular order. These are just the ones that I always noticed. There's the PS4 suit, which is the one with the white the giant white spider. There's the big time suit, which is like neon green. There's the Secret Wars suit. There's the PS4 anti-ox suit. There's the Iron Spider suit. There's, oh, I love it so much. I there like the, so one many the, suits. Uh, the one with the cape. The one with the cape, yes, because <laughs> earlier he'd been talked about yeah. Spider-Man doesn't have a cape and P- mm. uh, Miles can't help but get a dick and he goes, that one's got a cape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no capes. And... Uh, then they said, but still, even if we can get against Thanks, Kingpin, Kelly. we're going to be. Oh, was that a reference to meet the? Uh, sorry, to the Incredibles. Yeah, yes, that was um, Edna and the Incredibles. I've not seen that. So then we go. Well, that would be if you want, uh, Liam. You can watch it and then listen to our episode on our other podcast, Talking the Mickey, where oh, we go cool. through the Incredibles. Uh, I also incredible. appreciated that even more, Georgia, because I spent most of this film trying to work out what it was that I. Well, it was making me go, capes are bad. No capes. Why no capes? <laughs> and I was like, what is that from? Um, no capes. And so um, they say, we're, we're going to be outnumbered. And then Aunt May goes, think again. You think you're the only ones to come looking for me? And we've got like a murderer's row of our B-list players <laughs> here. <laughs> and uh, we see Meet Spider-Man. And it's our fourth Spider-Man. This is Spider-Man Noir, played by Peter, again, Peter Parker. And he's from 1933. And Liam, you picked up that it was... Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. Yay. 
I tried to throw Liam off the off the set and goes, I don't hear it. Even though I totally knew it was him. Uh, and then I let the credits run too long. And he went, look, it is Nicholas Cage. <laughs> and I had to come clean. <laughs> oh, actually, speaking of credits, did you guys stay till the end of the credits? I no. did. Tell you what, we get there, let us know, okay? Yeah, I'm so glad. Okay. It was so good. So, And then we meet Spider-Girl, played by Penny Parker, who's got a, a, a spider who lives in this robot. I didn't yeah. like this one. She's from like fun facts. 3417 or something. Two fun facts about this. One, Penny Parker was uh, in the comics was written by Jaw- Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance. Wow. Okay. And she's voiced by Kimiko Glenn, who you might know from Orange the New Black, or I know her from oh, the yeah, original Dawn in Waitress. Okay. Yeah, I know who she is. Yeah. And then we also meet Spider Pig, played by Peter Porker, <laughs> and voiced by John Mulaney. And he was Spider uh, Ham. Spider Ham, Spider sorry. Ham. Spider Ham. Yeah. Spider Pig is from The Simpsons. Sorry, Spider Ham. Spider Pig. Spider Pig. Spider Ham, played by Peter Porker, uh, John Mulaney. Um, and he was just good. Fo- I felt like he was doing his best John Lovitz impression the whole time through. I mean, he's just John Mulaney. Is he? Yeah, John Mulaney is always just like, I'm Peter Porker. I'm going to go and do this. So That sounds about right. And, and, the, and so Miles asks, how did you get here? And Nicolas Cage goes, it's a long story. And then it's just like the end of like that. <laughs> <of> thing <laughs> goes, maybe it's not that long a story. <laughs> and it was another one of those things where it builds your expectations and then subverts them. And it was really funny. Clever. Uh, Miles uh, promises that he's going to be the one who's going to turn it off because someone's got to turn off the machine and stay in this time. And Miles says, I promise Prime Spider-Man I can do this. I, I can do this. And so he goes, well, and they're all going, can you get, you know, punched in the face by a thousand lasers and still get up for more? Can you do this? Aunt May goes, can you help your aunt create a dating profile so she can get out of the house? (laughs) (laughs) But the whole time they're saying, can you keep getting up no matter how many times you get hit? And he stays down. Mm -hmm. He he stays. Yeah, here's my new friends. It's like some like bad hazing ritual. They just ask you all these rhetorical questions as they punch you. (laughs) <laughs> and you float through the air like you smell a nice pie. <laughs> oh, that was a, that's a good one too, actually. Yeah, and uh, they don't think he can do this, and because he can't go and visit. And there's this great thing where like um, Peter B. Parker is trying to talk up Miles, yeah, he is and he's like, he can turn invisible, and he can do it on command. I can't do it on command. Okay, he can't do it on command, <laughs> but he can shoot electricity through his hands. Like, watch him. I can't do it right now. <laughs> he can't do it right now. But he's got lots of other things. That's all I can do. That's all he can do. <laughs> I found that so funny. The comedic timing of that segment was really good. So good. And it's a credit to Jake Johnson, yeah. who I think carries that. So good. And um, they don't think he can do this. They basically kick him out of the club, and then Miles goes invisible as he rises up. And then um, everyone reaches out to Uncle Aaron. Uh, Dad phones because he hasn't heard from Miles and figures he'll be with Uncle Aaron. Peter, there are so many there are so many Easter eggs in his in his phone, like contacts phone. Okay, uh, so there's references to Steve Ditko, you know, the guy who helped create Spider Man, um, Brian Munkelbenders who wrote uh, Mars Morales, and then just a load of characters. So like some more Spider people, so like Jessica Drew, Cindy Moon, Ezekiel Khan, like it's cool. And then uh, Sarah Pichelli who drew Spy- uh, Mars Morales. Cool. Yeah, and then we get to um, Peter reaches out to Uncle Aaron, and he's not there. And then we see the Prowler come through the window, and this is where we get the reveal 
that Uncle Aaron is the villain. And I'll tell you what, when he takes his mask off, there is one heck of a theme underneath this. Mm. He feels like the baddest of all the bad guys. Yeah, it's it's insane. It's techno elephant. Was anybody surprised at the I fact wasn't. that this was Uncle Aaron? Because I was kind of, by the time he goes into his apartment, yeah. I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got there. Uh, yeah, I to got be there. fair, I knew since 2011, so this was no big shock to me. Now, Ellie, you famously in Meet the Robinsons didn't clue in that either character were their secret, <laughs> like, big reveals. Did you know that? Did you know that Uncle Aaron was the prowler? I didn't, but this was also a point where I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so... I did, I'd just like to point out, I did then pause it, have a nap, and come back to it. So I didn't actually, like, miss anything. But, yeah, it didn't excite me. Okay. Um, but I didn't I didn't see it coming, but I might have missed, some like, a minute. <laughs> uh, then there's a chase scene as the Prowler, who now Miles knows is his uncle, uh, chases Spider-Man, and he doesn't know that Spider-Man is his nephew. And this is where they almost hit the Red X truck. And uh, back, Miles goes back to Aunt May's house and he tells the rest of the gang, the Prowler's my uncle. And they're like, were you followed? And Spider-Man Noir is just like, who cares? That's a great origin story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and his obsession with the Rubik's Cube is like, is it purple? Yeah, because he can't, he can't tell colors. Yeah. No. <laughs> and so... Uh, but he figures it out later. He, he just wants to take it with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Doc Ock is the one who rings at the door and wants to come in. There's a big old fight in the house. And Aunt May, she just got a baseball bat. And yeah, she's like, that's so you know cool. how Aunt May's like, oh, great. It's Liv. And, you know, only Doc Ock's friends call her Liv. <laughs> I didn't notice that. It's a good point. Georgia. I just like Aunt May throughout this bit. She was like, can you just take this outside? And then when they don't take it outside and they start wrecking her house, she starts whacking people with a baseball bat. It's brilliant. <laughs> And there's like those four panels where it's like, this gets broken, that gets yeah. broken, that gets broken. And then Spider-Ham's like, I'll just smash a plate over my head. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Prowler comes in and gets Miles Morales up on the roof. And then is his last move of defense because he's got Miles by the throat. He's holding him off the edge of the roof. Miles' feet are dangling. He's not even on the ground anymore. And Miles has one move. And the only move he's got is take off the mask. Yeah. Let him see who you are. He would not be a good Mandalorian, but he's a good Spider-Man. <laughs> And so he takes off the mask, and uh, then all of a sudden the Prowler, his uncle, goes, oh, shoot, and puts him down. And then we hear a gunshot, and Kingpin Kingpin has shot the Prowler. Now, here's my problem with this. Mm -hmm. If you're Kingpin, you shoot Miles first. It's like in Scream again. (laughs) This is a lot shorter movie if you just – because he's totally at mercy. Shoot Miles, then you shoot Uncle Aaron. Yeah. Dead easy. Or he's just got, like, Stormtrooper aim, and he was trying to shoot Miles. (laughs) It's weird. Kingpin, for a guy with a bunch of, like, lackeys, like, could get the job done himself whenever he tried to. I don't know why he needed them. No. Yeah. Uh, Well, I guess it's like Thanos. Thanos got the job done eventually. He had had a load of lackeys, and that didn't really work out. I think it's also because, obviously, Wilson Fisk is, like, he's a prominent member of, like, high society in New York, so, like, he can't be seen as doing all all his all his scheming no, i'll just i'll just shoot a guy in plain sight yeah, yeah. <laughs> unless he has to uh and so uh, miles then takes uncle aaron into an alley dad finds the pair of them miles goes invisible and dad calls out an all points bulletin for a new spider-man and mourns the loss of his brother who was a criminal mm-hmm. but he did miss and then he the dad goes back to the dorm uh at this point uh but on before this happens miles gets there 
And they sort of all share. This is it's kind of this weird thing, but this is part of what being a Spider-Man is. You have to have a backstory where someone dies. Mm-hmm. And so we faced my Uncle Ben. It was my Uncle Ben. It was my best friend because for Gwen Stacy, Spider-Gwen, it's Peter Parker dies um, versus um, for Kimmy Parker or whatever, Penny Parker. That was it. Yeah. Uh, it was her father, I think she says, who dies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then Miles's roommate comes home, so they have a group hug on the ceiling as they all hide. <laughs> and then everybody bails and says goodbye to Miles because he just can't do it. And Peter B. Parker's the last, and he wants to be ready so much, but he's just not ready. He can't do it. Um, and so then he ties Miles up to a chair and leaves him. And then Dad comes in, and he's trying to teach to, to reach Miles so much. And he says, "Some people sometimes drift apart." And I need to mention this. Like, so Dad's on the outside of the door, mm-hmm. and he can see Peter's there because he can see the, the small shadow. bit of shadow underneath yeah. the door. And Peter's just got to sit there and just listen to his dad's heart breaking. And there's so much, even if he, his thing was off, he wouldn't be able to tell him. He wouldn't be able to tell him, I'm Spider-Man. No. He wouldn't be able to tell him any of his stuff. But he goes, people sometimes drift apart. I don't want that to happen to us. And Miles can't talk. He said, but what's the scene like even if he can? And as the dad leaves and the dad's heart is breaking, mm. that's enough. And you see this little spark of electricity. They do an extreme close-up on his eyes. And then he zaps himself free. And then we found out now he can use invisibility when he wants to, too. He's figured it all out in one go. In one second. I bet you think it'd be hard for him to learn these powers and control them <laughs> like that. But it turns out, nope, super easy. <laughs> Barely an inconvenience. Barely an inconvenience. Oh, really? Uh, we go back to Aunt May. Wow. And as the door knocks open, uh, knocks open? As the door is knocked, <laughs> she opens it. And he goes, kind of goes, I need a suit. And he goes, took you long enough. Yeah. <laughs> and he chooses this suit. Uh, just a regular suit it looks like but he spray paints it so it's all black with a graffiti logo and we have a new comic book thrown on the pile of his version of Spider-Man but we don't get the voiceover yet it's cool and there's a benefit and Kingpin says he was very close to Spider-Man and I think it's Gwen Stacy who goes what a pig yeah and Spider-Ham <laughs> goes hello I'm standing right here <laughs> the waiters are dressed up as Spider-Man which you gotta think if you're MJ, this is very disrespectful, you yeah. gotta think, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like, torture the poor girl much. She didn't seem that tortured. She didn't, and that might be an issue I have with this. Yeah. But it is a great bit. Isn't where... it? What? Isn't it strange? Aunt May isn't at that gala, but Mary Jane is. You'd think that she'd also know. <laughs> also know what? I've. Like, also know Kingpin's an asshole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, or do you think she'd also yeah. know, you know, there are Spider-Men? I think that'd be the first thing May would tell Maybe. Mary Jane is, hey, there's like five of your husbands out here. One of them's a pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, he's standing right there. Um, so Stop hammering it out. But, but, but they go, everyone's, all the waiters are dressed as Spider-Men. It can't be that easy. And then sure enough, <laughs> cut. It turns out it's that it's easy. That easy, yeah. <laughs> And there's this weird scene between Peter B. Parker and MJ because MJ wants bread. <laughs> and Peter B. Parker has seen this as a chance for him to sort of apologize in proxy to his own Mary Jane. Which is weird. It's weird she doesn't pick up on it. Yeah. Because yeah. he's being really genuine and she's just like stupid. She's like, yeah, yeah can we get some more bread? And he's like, I've let you down. She goes, well, it's just bread. And he's like, <laughs> you think you'd clue in. Um, and then back to the collider, it fires up, and as all the Spider-Men get there, it turns out they're expected, Doc Ock is there, and Miles comes up right when Peter B. Parker is about to die, 
at the hands of Doc Ock. Like she like hits herself in the face with one of her tentacles. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, Miles is here and he's invisible. Yeah. And all the minor characters get a moment where they get to say a catchphrase and sort of like help save the day a bit. You're just a cartoon. You don't like cartoons? Yeah. <laughs> Douche. And Penny Out Parker loses her mech suit, which is important because she's the one you care least about. Yeah. So, Aww. am I wrong? No. No. <laughs> no. I like anime, so I'm going to buy There was nothing invested in her. None at all. Uh, it turn, and so they go ahead, and they'll go, oh, uh, Peter B. Parker says, hey, I like the suit. And he goes, thanks. I may- No, I think this is to Gwen. I like the suit. And he goes, thanks. I made it myself. No, bullshit. No, yeah, you just sprayed it. <laughs> you spray painted yeah. it. The original Peter Parker Prime made all those suits. Yeah. Probably with I Aunt May's help. I sprayed it myself. Of course. I sprayed it myself might be better. It turns out during this phase, uh, Miles has nicked the USB, which they called the goop. Uh, and he said, don't watch the mouth. Watch the hands. <laughs> and uh, he then goes, everybody uh, everybody's gets sent, gets sent back then. First, it's Penny, because she's the one we care least about. Then, <laughs> then Noir, who wants it, the Rubik's Cube with him. Then Porky. And I don't what was the I got is he allowed to say that? What do yeah, I have that? Like, that's all, folks. Oh yes, is he allowed yeah. to say that? Like 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 for like, legal reasons, is he yeah. allowed to say that? I guess he is if he, you don't stutter it. He says that for le- he said for legal reasons, don't he? Yeah. Yeah. He even says like for, is he allowed to say like, he, like like legally is he allowed to say that? <laughs> <laughs> Which was great. Uh and then Gwen and basically, Spider-Man Miles Morales is gonna is kind of like trying to hit on that still. Yeah. And she's like, "I am like 15 months older." He goes, "Friends," <laughs> so he's totally like friends over himself with the hope it'll turn into something. Yeah. yeah. And then finally, there's a conversation him and Peter B. Parker. He's like, and Miles is really confident in this. He's like, "You got to go home, man." Mm. And he's just like hanging as he's like Peter Parker. Peter Parker's being sort of he's just hanging there as Miles Morales is just holding him up. And he finally just like lets go, literally, yeah, yeah, and yeah. just sort of like goes into full like drop me pose. Because he knows he can do it. Because he knows he can do it. He yeah. drops it. And then then we have the final fight, though, with Kingpin, who didn't get the, the idea of it. This is the end of the film yet. So he's going to do one last big fight. <laughs> and this is a full-out assault on your senses. Because oh, we've, yeah. like, we've got trains and bridges and things from other also, dimensions showing yeah. up all in this region. And sometimes they have physical properties and sometimes they don't. Mm. And so Kingpin's got him sussed out and can figure out where he's invisible and where he's not. And then his family, like, glitch onto the train. And that dist- thankfully, that's enough because that distracts, distracts Kingpin. Yeah. And then Miles' dad is like the one man. He's like the hardest working cop in New York City. No, right? He's always the first one on the scene. Yeah. And he's he shows work up. Don McClane. He asks for Don backup. McClane? Don who? <laughs> no, who for? no, John McClane. John McClane. <laughs> John McClane. Oh, Die, die Hard. hard. Die hard. <laughs> That's 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 John McCain. Wow. Is it Mc, McCain? No, McLean. Is it? Oh, it John is McLean. John Welcome to our universe, folks. This is an assault on the senses. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hard, but it's John McCain instead. It is John. <laughs> <laughs> Barack Obama's a good man. <laughs> um, so Miles' dad shows up, and he calls for backup like nine times in this film. They never show up. They don't do they? Uh, Brooklyn Bridge materializes. Uh, Miles is trying to get the USB some more. Kingpin hits him and thinks it's the death shot. And his eyes go down. This is the whole, can you get hit a thousand times and still get up? Yeah. And then you hear uh, Miles' dad go, get up, Spider-Man. Yeah. Now, 
we can hear it because the camera zooms rightly into the tight little scene. Like Miles has got like the Brooklyn Bridge materializing underneath him as these body two senses. as yeah. body oh, senses. for crying out loud. They spidey senses. Body senses. He does say, "Why can I hear my thoughts so loud?" So maybe yeah. it's in there. Yeah. And so he gives him the shoulder touch and goes, hey, and it zaps and kills him. And I thought it was really fitting that he used the uncle's move to avenge, it, to avenge his death. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't kill Kingpin. No. Jeez. And then everything goes back nice and neatly into the collider. Uh, the aftermath, um, Miles phones his dad. He's looking down at them from above because the cops finally showed up. Um. And so uh, then he jumps down as Spider-Man in front of his dad and is like, thank you for your bravery tonight. <laughs> and then he like gives, he like, gives his dad like, a big bear hug. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, I look forward to working with you again. <laughs> I said, by the way, look behind you. And there's like Kingpin's been webbed up from your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And this is where we get our last voiceover, which is, hi, I'm the one and only Spider-Man, only I'm not the one and only Spider-Man. I've been yeah, doing this job for about two days. <laughs> and as this goes on, we get a shot of all the other Spider-People back in their respective, and pigs, back in their respective realms. And we do get to see that Peter B. Parker shows up. He's dressed up a little bit nice. He's giving himself mm-hmm. a shave. Yeah. He's got some flowers, and he rings the doorbell. And MJ looks all right to see yeah. him. And that is the end of the film as I saw it. As, as, that, same, saw it, as yeah. that same cool track played, I hear something happen in the credits. Yes. It did. Oh my, this was the biggest piece of fan, but not only fan service, it was like meme culture service yeah. that I have ever seen in a mainstream film. Well, tell me more, tell me more. Like, yeah. like, like, does he have a car? <laughs> <laughs> So are you familiar with the meme that is the two Spider-Men looking at yes. each other and like yes, pointing at each other? Yes. Yeah, right. So there's like these two Spider-Men pointing at each other and they're usually captioned with weird things. It's like when I see who it is that's taking all my money from my account, obviously yes. it's the same person. Like Anyway, so this is a meme and it's been going around for years and years and they put one of the Spider-Men from a different dimension they transport him into the cartoon version of this and have him appear <laughs> as yeah. his version of spider-man next to that version of spider-man oh, okay. and they just point at each other and they're like why are you pointing at me well you pointed at me first you pointed at me and it's it's just it's so good it really really okay, made that's me smile. Nice touch. so yeah. that's that's spider-man 2099 miguel o'hara who's my favorite Spider-Man is Mars Morales and Miguel O'Hara. So when I watched this in the cinema and saw him appear, I was like, holy shit, it's literally my favorite Spider-Man. I'm so excited. And do you want to know who voices Spider-Man 2099? Yes. Oscar Isaac. Oh, really? Yeah. He's Oscar like... Isaac, who would be Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse. He was also Poe Dameron in um, Star Wars. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like him. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's he's the he's the perfect casting for for Miguel O'Hara. He's like that amount of witty and also he's Latino, so it works. Yes, uh, and that is that. There's, I suppose there's also like weird Spider-Man jingle bells in the credit music. Oh yeah, I did not appreciate this. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, listen to the full album. There's like five of them. Oh, They're I, all great. There's Joy to the World that enough, I Just Saved. So let's talk money. 
as as Jesse J told us, it's 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 not about the money, or it's all about the money. Regardless, let's talk about the money. Not about the price tag. Yes. For. Well, it's not uh, about the money, Spider Man. Yeah, because Sony's doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Uh, yeah. Ninety million dollars to make, which is, which is a fair amount of money. I mean, yeah. but you can see Surprising. it. You can, you can see it in the in today's money, though. This. Yeah, and you can That's see it enough. in 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 the details. Yeah. Uh, Ninety million. How much do we think it made? I don't. It didn't make much. I don't think it made much. It was like 134 or something. Okay, 134 says Ethan. Liam? 160. 160, Georgia? I'm going to go somewhere in the middle of there, 145. And Ellie? Well, Ethan sounded really specific like he knew, so I'm going to say 136. Okay. So the lowest was Ethan, I think, at 130 yeah. something. And yeah, the highest was, was it Liam at like yeah, 170? 160. 375.5 million dollars. Like no, it made all the bank. <laughs> I was going to say a high number. Yeah, it was really, really strong. Until Ethan piped in. Georgia did me for everything. I didn't write down the awards. I mean, it did win like every best animated feature at that yeah. year's awards season. Yeah. So it won the BAFTA, it won the Golden Globe, it won the Oscar. And it's really weird when the Oscar doesn't go to a Disney or a Pixar film. Mm. But I mean, I don't even think it was, it was, it wasn't even, in, in, it, there wasn't really a competition. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's going to be Spider-Man. There was no question. It was going to be Spider-Man because it was, the rest are kind of like, well, which one of these nice, nice little cute kitty movies that have like, oh, we've done this little bit. And then this came along and just went, everything you think you know, I'm like raising you by 50. Yeah. And there's one, uh, okay. So that would be the awards. Are we not doing the age game, age game? Well, we will. There's, there's lots to go yet. Oh, oh but we know. I don't no, think we do I'll the age game. The no, not for voices. <laughs> I have not prepped the age game, guys. I'm, I'm the I, I know what the oldest must be Spider Man Noir. Yeah. And the youngest must be Penny because she's like, Minus a hundred years old. Yeah. Oh, know, minus like a thousand years old. I know Prime Pete is what they say twenty six, so that would make Peter be forty six. Miles, I think, is fifteen. Gwen's like sixteen. Yeah, I was just making a joke about their about their actual birth yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I was just thinking out loud. He's talking the Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Endgame. Whose story is this? Um, what is this? You. I'm going to make a case. It's Peter B. Parker's story. I was say oh, Miles, Miles with a with a healthy side helping of uh, Peter B. Parker. I think you can make a case for four characters. I think you can make a case, obviously, for for Miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the film yes. follows him. Yeah, you can make a definite case for Peter B. Parker because actually, more than anything, the last shot of any relevance is him going back to MJ. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You can, and it's about him learning to be okay with the idea of raising. Uh, to being a father figure, being responsible, yeah. all that stuff. If anything, he changes far more. He does. Miles changes in the fact that, yeah, you're Superman now. You know, that's early bird stuff. Yeah, you know, Superman. Peter, oh, Spider-Man. It's impressive. Peter B. Parker shows you about what happens outside of wearing the suit. Anybody can wear a suit. Yeah. What happens when you actually have to be a man at the end of it? Uh, you can make a case that this is dad's story. Yeah. yeah. And you can make a case that's even his uncle's his story, uncle's even story, though yeah. he dies in the middle of the second act. You can make the case. Like a support. Stuff he is the end of a second act, but yeah, you can yeah. make a case that that it's his story, on top of other people's story. It's not his. It's not his story alone. But actually, if you think about the fact that Kingpin's killed using the hay, yeah, you can you can make a case there. It's I, a family story. I'm going to go more. I'm going to go with the outsider and go. I'm going to throw my vote behind Peter B. Parker. But I, I, can, I, I say Miles. More. Miles. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else want to throw? Miles has in? that big song. It. It starts with Miles, ends with Miles. It does. It does. Yeah. Georgia? 
I stand by what I said. Nice. It's a mild story with okay. a good old saucy, oh, saucy side helping. <laughs> Ellie? I would agree with Georgia. Okay, so I'm all by myself here on the Peter B. Parker bandwagon. So. That's okay. That's all right, though. I can handle the sauce. I can handle it. No, like, I mean, obviously, my, I, I'm going I'm to argue on a character level, it's yeah. Peter B. Parker's. On a plot level, it's Miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is this the best Spider-Man film ever? Oh, without a doubt. No, oh, so you, no, 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 no. I'm going to go. The first. See, it's really interesting. First Tom Holland one. For I me. really rate Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. See, I don't. Really like the Dark Ark Spider-Man 2. Is that one with Frank, Frank, Franco in it? James Franco? James Franco's an author. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> I like James yeah. Franco, but I don't like the uh, movies. I really like Spider-Man 2, the one with Dark Ark, but my favorite is Homecoming. Homecoming is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. George, I think yours is Homecoming, if I know you correctly. Yeah, Homecoming's yeah. my favourite. With a honourable mention to Civil War. I know it's not a Spider-Man Ooh, film, but yeah. Spider-Man oh, in yeah, that film. He's, in he's yeah. cool in it, but yeah. yeah. He's very cool Ellie? in it. Um, I've only seen this in Homecoming, and I prefer Homecoming. Okay. So, Ethan, you are alone in this, but you're not alone. I'm alone in, the, in this. You're not alone in the grand scheme of things, but yeah. Uh, I, I do like it. Can I make an argument that it's hard for this to be the best Spider-Man movie when you've got all the Spider-Men in it? It feels like you're yeah. playing with cheat codes on. I think for me, it's because this is a character I have loved since I was since I was a child. I mean, uh, so like three days ago, then yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> for, for two days, I've been the one and only Spider-Man fan. Um, I'm gonna get real depressing for a second. Um, when my dad died, when I was eight years old, I loved Spider-Man. Uh, my mum got me a Spider-Man comic that came out the day I was born, and it was Peter Parker Spider-Man, and it was like this sort of spin-off of Amazing Spider-Man, where it's just Peter Parker's daily life, like his emotion, how he was feeling. And at the time, in that comic, Mary Jane exploded in a plane crash. Um, And he was really depressed. He was like, my wife's dead. And went to Uncle Ben's grave. And he's like, Uncle Ben, what do I do about grief and dealing with people I love dying? And he flashes back to, you know... Wouldn't Aunt May have been a better character to go to about that? (laughs) Yeah, but it's Uncle Ben. Hey, Aunt May, how do I deal with people dying? (laughs) You're like, your husband? (laughs) It was because he goes to Uncle Ben's grave and he remembers what Ben taught him after his parents died. And it was like, you know, funnies and being together. And when uh, Ben died, he embraced more of like Ben's... like comedy and dealing to cope and that struck me and i was like this is my idol now and i kind of clung on to that like for the for the next 11 years of my life so seeing all of these characters and then at the same time i was reading the ultimate comics and a year later after that peter parker dies and miles morales replaces him as the new peter as the new spider-man so miles became my spider-man growing up as a child so seeing uh, Miles on this big screen and seeing all of these things that built me as a character and made me, it's one of those things that go, I know that, I know that. This is, this is made for me. Like, when we, we spoke about The Haunted Mansion, uh, which will come out in like two days on Talking to Mickey, but I was saying how I felt pandered to and not in a good way. Yes. This I'm pandered to in a respectful way that I really enjoy and love. And even the call outs and, and like to just these little things, they mentioned Khan and Ezekiel who no one knows. Like it's the perfect film for me. Cool. Um, No, absolutely. And I think the people who are really into Spider-Man, as an overall franchise, the ones who play the video game, all those sorts of things. Not that people mm-hmm. who play the video game are, are high, die, die, die hard, but th- those who do do and capture everything, they do, do tend do, to, do. 
<laughs> they do tend to, to to lean more towards Spider Verse as their Spider Man story, yeah. as yeah. opposed to people like me who it's a little bit more. Um, and I'm glad that they'll watch another. Or, well, I guess I did watch an origin story at the same like time. Five. Didn't watch an origin story. Yeah, uh, I guess like Homecoming because it skips the origin story. I was tired mm. of the origin story. Mm. Show me something new, and they did, and they did, and I appreciated it. Same. And Tom Holland, I just felt was was Peter Parker. He, was he might be the best Spider Man. I think he encapsulates that theme, and I think the theme in this is very different, but it has that whole, you know, Peter Parker in Homecoming is that down in his luck kid, and yeah. it works, and it's well, perfect. That is Peter Parker. Well, if I think Miles this Morales, is the theme of Spider-Man. If Miles Morales have been the same thing, then he's not Miles Morales. He's just yeah. a black Peter Parker. Yeah. And he's not. And that, he's a new character, and I'm totally cool with that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I think that's great. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed the, the Miles Morales character. I enjoyed the film. It's just, you know, it's rarefied air once you get up there. Like, I just really yeah. rate both movies very highly. Um, role of women in this film? It's good. pretty good. Yeah. Good, I think. I, I think, think it so. vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love... I like Aunt May a lot in this. Like Aunt May. And I l- Gwen. Gwen. I, I love that Doc Ock's a woman. Yeah, I, do. I Oh, Doc Ock in this is fantastic. Yeah, she's really oh, good. Yeah, Catherine yeah. Hand does a great job. Oh, is that who it was? Okay. Yeah. You've got a really good variety of female characters in this because you've got, like, Miles's mum is obviously a really good mother and that's kind of more and of her calling. Doctor. And then you've got... She's, she's a doctor, yeah. But, okay. um, so she's, she's educated and, and a mother. Then you've got um, the op- Dr. Octavia, who is obviously a very intelligent woman. You've got Gwen, who's, like, really Sexy cool woman. and kind of edgy <laughs> and, like, yeah, and then you've got Aunt May, who's just completely badass. Badass. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, and even you've and even you've got Kingpin's wife, who was like, "There's a line in the sand of morality." Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is not. No, I, I'm not. I can't be corrupted this way. If anything, my my argument might be. Well, I guess you've got Doc Ock. Never mind. You got Doc Ock. So I was just saying, you know. Yeah, yeah I know you saying. They're that. all too perfect, but yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, Doc yeah. Ock is 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 the opposite. That's okay. If I could throw a little aside, though, there's a great little bit when they're trying to leave the uh, the lab, and all these like scientists in white coats are just like having a boring coffee, mm, and when they yeah. go running through, they like all grab like guns that they have on them, <laughs> yeah. and the and ones one like, like he stole a bagel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you notice that when he throws the bagel back, it like bonks someone on the head, and it just says bagel. It did. Yeah, yeah. Bagel. Yeah. <laughs> And we didn't talk about it, but even like the little bit of the panels where it's got like the writing in the yellow boxes with yeah. like the, that that comic book script, it was just really well done. Very well done. Um, favorite character? Spider Gwen. Aunt May. Okay, so Liam says Spider Gwen. Ellie the says Aunt Love May. The <laughs> okay, the asymmetrical hair. Okay, Georgia. Uh, oh, I don't know. Okay, uh, let's come back to Ethan. I'm genuinely torn between Miles and Spider-Ham, and it's solely because <laughs> I love John Mulaney so much. <sighs> and my favorite fact about it is there are two hours of cut footage of John Mulaney playing Spider-Ham because he's just swearing the entire time yeah, ad-libbing. He's like, you motherfuckers coming in here with my spiders! <laughs> but no, uh, Miles, um, it, Miles, Miles is, Miles is my, my boy. Okay. I Let love me, him. Miles is your boy. Let me guess uh, yours. Uh, let's see if George has got hers yet. I like Miles' dad. Miles' dad, good shout. Yeah, good yeah. shout. He's he's on my short like list for sure. Uh, Liam, as has been a, a recent tradition. Yeah. What, what do you got? 
Peter B. Parker. Yes, Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is funny because I'm not really. I kind of grew tired of of like uh, yeah. of of New Girl. Yeah. And so the, the the actor who plays him, he kind of does this thing, and he's the same character in Let's Be Cops. He's just this is his kind of the same in Jurassic World. Down on his lot, kind of schmuck. Mm-hmm. And he somehow fought, rises above it to find something. But he, there was, there was, there was humanity in him that I couldn't necessarily find. Although there were bits of it I did like with Miles. I was, just, I don't think he goes into the same journey. I, I don't. I don't think I'm a sucker for a story of redemption. Yeah, I me just too. am at all times. Me too. And and he's the guy who gets redemption in this. Uncle Aaron doesn't get redemption. No, but I like Uncle Aaron. I do too. I really do. You know, His other dad than Spider-Man. doesn't get redemption. Miles doesn't get redemption. They're going to go on other journeys. Yeah. But the story of redemption here is Peter B. Parker. And as much as he helps uh, Miles, Miles helps him. Yeah. And, and, and I like that. And I think you needed that to help. They both needed to grow up a little bit in different ways. Yeah, in different ways, yeah. And there's where you go. Um, best moment or best element of the film, Liam? Uh, if you want, you can throw in a bit of both. Um, there's two bits I like. I like the the haircut bit, <laughs> where he gets his hand stuck to her hair. Yeah, because I saw that coming, and I went, "That's going to be cool." Okay, because that'd be edgy. Um, but my my favorite favorite bit was Uncle Aaron and him, and he's holding him over the big scene. Yeah, yeah, because he's doing it in front of his boss, which is um, Fisk. What, whatever decision happens is going to have yeah, is yeah, going to yeah. have life changing consequences, and yeah. the fact that he reveals himself. And his humanity for his nephew prevails. That was his non-negotiable. Yeah, I will yeah, not hurt yeah. my nephew. And, yeah. and there was a legitimate affection that scene early when he yeah, teaches yeah, him how yeah. to pick up girls. There's there's legitimate affection there. Yeah, yeah. Georgia, I really like the script in this film. I think it's very well written. It is very well written. Um, I like that it incorporates not only the dialogue but also then the written stuff on the screen as well. I really like. Okay. Um, and yeah, and I mean. I'll be amiss to not mention the animation style, but that's all equally my my favourite thing and my least favourite thing about this film because watching it with a headache is not a good idea. <laughs> it, it is very visually um, busy, yeah. Mm. It's visually, it's gorgeous and it's amazing and it's innovative and it's so many amazing things. But yeah, watching it with a headache, kind of going, oh, my eyes is not is not the best first viewing. Okay. <laughs> it's not your typical curl up under a blanket and watch an animated film while you're poorly kind <laughs> of film, not, is it? No. It's, 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 it's not Tangled, that's no. for sure. No. <laughs> uh, Ellie? Um, I think probably the bits with his uncle, but more the bits near the start, so where they actually establish that connection and kind of the comparison of that relationship I mean, versus the one with his dad. Um. And then the bit where you get the shoulder touch, and then obviously there's the callback to that at the end as well. Like if I can jump in, even even the the setting of his uncle's loft apartment, it's like exposed brick. There's like a punching bag. There's mm. like you know big t- like it's cool. He's like an old hi fi stereo. He's the complete antithesis of Miles's dad. Yeah, good word. Thank you very much. I like that word. No worries, uh, Ethan. Uh, they're kind of the same thing. My favorite scene is What's Up Danger when Miles, you know, embraces Spider-Man. Um, my fav- one of my favorite elements of this film is just the music. Sideways does a fantastic video on the music of Spider-Man, and I recommend you check it out because it is amazing. It's a better justice than I will do explaining this. But the fact that there are themes that link throughout, and even, like, there are scores that mesh together depending on the Spider-Man. So, like, Spider-Man Noir has a very, uh, you know noir-esque theme pennies is very anime uh techno uh peter porker's is you know cartoony and they all mesh together into this kind of thing 
but what's up danger is fantastic and even like the the songs written by uh singers themselves have callbacks to spider-man music um home by vince staples which is in like the credits has this electric guitar riff which is pulled straight from the 90s spider-man cartoon theme it's this whole no 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 and it is it is beat for beat note for note the spider-man 90s cartoon theme and it's those attentions to details in the score which is so good it makes me so happy that they even thought about that just for music um for me uh, my favorite my favorite scene is uh miles and his dad with the door in between yeah that's good uh where it's so in, in a film that's very busy and loud and visual this was very still and you could feel it put us in the room more or less with miles being aware of what is and he can't tell his dad mm-hmm. and the deafening noise that silence can be if you're Miles' dad. I thought that was a really powerful scene and was a great organic way to set up Miles is going to have a, a transformation here. Yeah. So I like that. Um, it's so hard to go for favorite element. I mean, you talked, I mean, if I wasn't going to talk about the animation, I was talking about the music. If it wasn't the music, I was talking about the animation. And I think we've talked about the, about the animation. Yes, it's an assault on the senses, but it, it, both a po- in, in the best way possible most of the time. Mm-hmm. And occasionally just a little bit like, I think you lose the ability to even comprehend what you're looking at at times. Yeah. But I think because of that, it's really easy to overlook what's happening in the music and the score and the yeah, sound throughout, which actually there's just so much detail that's been paid attention to. It's an assault on all senses, isn't it? Yeah. And just so much thought beyond just storyline. Um, and I appreciated it. I did, I'm story above all. I think I still am story above all. Yeah, same. But the other elements in this, you cannot fault them, no. I don't think. It was just fantastic. Uh, Liam, do you have a grumble? Yeah. I uh, like. It took too long to get to the asymmetrical haircut. Go again. <laughs> no, that was cool, though. Going back to what Georgia said, uh, the animation is cool and everything, but at times it was overwhelming. And I didn't know if I was on a trip or, you know, I, I can. I can assure you, you weren't. <laughs> yeah, I can assure I weren't either. But it felt like, like wow, it was like a dream sequence. I don't know. It was really weird. Um, so sometimes I lost thought and track of what was going on because of all the, the animation. I appreciate it, uh, you know, and I, I liked most of it. But sometimes it got a bit too much, a bit too busy, a bit too much. Okay. Uh, Georgia. Um. Yeah, other than I think watching it with a headache probably wasn't the best best idea. I, despite that, and despite how busy it was, it didn't make my headache worse. So I guess that's a win for the film. Okay. Um, I really liked it. I liked the script. I liked the story. I liked the music. Um, this is a great grumble. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to great, 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 great. That's why you picked um, the film. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I can't really think You don't have to have a grumble. You don't have to have a grumble. No. That's fine. Uh, Ellie. Um, so kind of similar to what Liam said, really, I, I did find it a bit overwhelming and that combined with um, not having much of a prior knowledge of Spider-Man. And I feel like I've missed out on a lot of stuff. So overwhelming um, that you fell asleep. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was weird. <laughs> like, it's a dream sequence. It was like it was overwhelming and underwhelming at the I same think it's time. A, I think it's and important just, to say that like not... I think Ethan's the only one who got that level of enjoyment out of the out of how deep this thing went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My enjoyment was much more surfacey than than. Yeah, but yeah. I just I just don't feel like I had enough knowledge. To, there was a lot of stuff that you're mentioning, and I'm just like I have no idea what okay. you're talking about. Um, and yeah, it 
it troubled me um and um and also that the end end credit stuff normally i get quite excited to see the marvel end credit things and the yeah i just didn't get it at all okay um, i have no idea what was happening <laughs> ethan do you have a grumble yeah which is surprising i know oh, surprising. i was expecting a no there yeah I really dislike how underdeveloped the three additional Spider-Men are, specifically Penny Parker, because I, I, I love Penny Parker in the comics. She's fantastic, and she's written really well in that, but she is just devolved into funny anime tropes. Yeah. Uh, let's have her say a few Japanese words. And she doesn't have a character as much as everyone else. No. Spider-Man Y is funny because he's Nick Cage. Peter Porker is funny because he's John Mulaney and she's great. She's good in this, but it's like you said, some of her emotional beats don't feel as deserved as others do. And that is solely because I don't think she gets enough. She doesn't get enough screen time. I feel compared to the others. Mm. Totally agree with that. Yeah. And I like Kimiko Glenn. <laughs> My turn. Yours. Yeah. My grumble is that the three characters who add in the <laughs> Are, are underdeveloped and especially <laughs> especially Penny Parker who I felt there was no need wow. for in this film uh, Nicolas Cage is funny in his role I love the bit that like his coat is always like blowing Flaring in the breeze the yeah. and they, in fact they even draw attention to it they do yeah uh, but I feel that even Mulaney as a Spider-Ham to a degree he gets a couple of one-liners but, but I, I, I felt really. that, I felt the three of them are just tacked on with did you think you were the only ones yeah. and then they're each going to get five yeah. lines each watch from here they're gonna get five and that's basically what we got <laughs> yeah. with them and so especially if you think that that uh you know um anime uh, penny parker is supposed to be she's the first one to go home and it should be the start of i should start to feel a little a little bittersweet yeah, yeah. That, that i'm losing these characters now yeah. as they go back uh, I not. I would have like kicked her on the way. Yeah. Like, so much so when, the, yeah. that, that when, that when like when like the mech suit dies, I couldn't give a shit. No, I didn't. Like, the spider is still alive. That, exactly. That was supposed to be like some sort of pretend stakes, and I'm yeah. like, no, you don't really have any. No. And if anything, you killed off one Spider Man, Peter Parker, and you gave me the exact guy just ten years older back in his place. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, but my 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 main issue is the three of them were just add ons. You could get away with it with Nick Cage because it was Nick Cage and it was cool to see him in a stunt cameo yeah uh peter porker uh peter yeah peter porker spider ham was funny enough and you could have a couple of pig jokes that was all right but there was nothing in it you could have cut her and just had two additional ones i think they did it for representation's sake um in order to make that character worthwhile it would have taken more time for the film than it was willing to invest in that character and as a result she shouldn't have been there Mm -hmm. i would have loved they replaced with cindy moon because she's she's also a, an Asian American yeah. uh, spider person, and she would have been really cool. I also uh, was dying for C- Cindy Moon, right? <laughs> yeah, Cindy, Cindy Moon. Moon. That's the one. <laughs> I, I totally agree with this. I'm, I'm totally on board. I, I yeah, I think I'm exactly the same. No, thing. But I was sitting there going, "I know what mine is," and then Ethan said his, and I was like, "Shit!" One of those moments. But no, I'm so sorry. No, don't I, be. It's, it's fine. Totally, it's totally cool. If, if I come up with the it same is, thing you did, then I feel yeah. like I got my head on straight with this. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, fe- I feel that you validated me because <laughs> the advertising for this film was so much. Look, there are five Spider Men. Yeah, it these was that three Spider Men, and look at these posters. We're all yeah. five Spider Men. The theory was like, you were gonna get eh? the six of them together really, really quickly. And yeah. it didn't happen. It was three. Really, it was two. I mean, and that's fine. It. You needed it for, at the end of the day, it was, it was a Miles and Peter B. Parker story. Yeah. 
And if you think about how many relationships he's got going on, he's got his uncle Aaron, he's got Peter B. Parker, he's still mourning the death of prime Peter Parker, yeah. and he's got um, his, father. his father, right? So that's, that's a lot of relationships to care about simultaneously. But yeah, I thought more could have been done with them. Yeah. So that just leaves us with um, not really anybody's best role ever, I don't think, because no. it's hard when it's voice acting. And I know, Ethan, I know you're a very strong proponent of voice acting being equal to acting. If they say 90% of communication is nonverbal, I think 90% of acting is nonverbal. I just watched The Revenant the other day, and oh, how God. much of that film is Leo just emoting and making grimaces and not actually, like, saying dialogue? And he won an Oscar for it. So <laughs> yeah. I think I did have a day. I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I know I've seen them in recording and Vin Diesel. I am Groot and what he does with his arms and stuff. But at the end of the day, I think that unless it's a very rare occasion, like, um, oh, what's his name playing Schmeagel in Lord of the Rings? Oh, uh, uh, Andy Serkis. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's like that. Uh, where he's like motion capped and there's whole things going on with the face. I, I, I'm, I'm that guy. I don't rate. I don't rate voice acting on the same levels I do full acting. Yeah, yeah. I can, I, I, I can kind of see that, but yeah. But is there anybody whose best role this is? It's not Nicholas Cage's. Oh no, no, not by far. I'm just having a look because we didn't mention Haley Steinfeld at all. I didn't realize she'd been. Yeah, in she's so Gwen many... Stacy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize she'd been in so Isn't many. Isn't she films. a musician? Yeah, yeah she she's is. A, she's a singer. She did. Um, she had a single called Starving. Okay. A few years ago, which I quite like, but um, she's also in Pitch Perfect too. Yeah, great. <laughs> so, um, whoop, whoop. <laughs> let's talk about uh, the critics. Uh, Georgia, did you pick up any critics on this? No, I forgot. I was said I'd do that. Well, Hang on. I've got John Nugent from Empire said <laughs> it's fresh, funny, and frequently bonkers. Into the Spider Verse is an astonishing shot of cinematic superhero adrenaline. For such an overfamiliar character, somehow this feels original. And entirely new, and I think uh, I think he's hit on the head there. Mm. I think so. Mm. I do like how they they they've actually def- deferred from the source material because Spider Verse, like the comics, would not be like this, and no one would like it. I threw it out, as is usually. I threw out that we were going to be doing this film and said, what do you got, Twitter? And some of our favorites got back to us. So here we go. It's a musical podcast. Said, All I can say, this is such a charming and beautiful film that really feels like reading a comic book. Spider-Gwen was a firm favorite before watching this, and the film did a really good job of making her as awesome as the comics and not just a gimmick. Uh, Lestat. Hey, Lestat. In all caps, best Spider-Man film full stop, which means period for our American listeners. Yeah, uh, Voice actors were perfectly chosen. The look of each character was done to perfection and totally not because Peter B. Parker is based on me. <laughs> I knew he was going to say uh, that. A fave fun fact for the movie, he mentioned what you did, Ethan. Miles is animated with half the frames of the other spiders, which is why the movie can seem so jarring to watch. It's not until the third act that he actually gets 24 frames per second. And he says, oh, also, Nick Cage is a gem in this, and we would definitely agree with that. Our friends... Oh, one more thing he says. Keep an eye out for the number 42. It's all over the movie. It's important to Miles. It's the experiment number for the spider that bit him. Defining Disney Podcast said it's one of the best animated films outside the Disney umbrella. Such a strong art style and voice acting is on point, and the ensemble will get uh, really gels well. Sort of the same way the Avengers end up doing. We love this movie, and it's their producer, Kevin's favorite animated film. It's one of his favorite animated film ever. 
Uh, the Spy Hearts podcast said, you'd think after so many Spider-Man films, fatigue would set in, but Into the Spider-Verse was such a refreshing change of pace that it breathed new life into the character and franchise. It beautifully wove a story while setting up plenty of potentials for sequels. A must-see. The effing nerds said, um, this episode is going to be great, guys. Can't wait. Spider-Verse is arguably one of the best comic book films since The Dark Knight. From its innovative animation to the fantastic voice work to its emotionally relevant story, this one has it all. Uh, the Paul and Griff Show said, I really enjoyed it. The animation is great, the soundtrack is sick, and the story was great. But best Spider-Man film? Not for me. I'm with you there, Paul and Griff. Yeah. The Spider-Verse should stay with animation and not be mimicked so soon in MCU, as the rumors are hinting. Ethan says, I can't wait to record this with you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Ethan. <laughs> Subjective Matter says this may be a bold statement, but it might be the best animated. Sorry, it might be the best Spider-Man movie to date. Animating it allowed for so many more themes to be explored, and I love this rendition of Miles Morales. Uh, a Twitter account by the name of Where's Mario says my sister went to see it. Oh, sorry, my phrase it again. My sister wanted to see it in the cinema, and I went along on a whim. I'm a Spider-Man fan, but wasn't sure I needed to see another film at that point. So glad I did. Mind-bending visuals, incredibly emotive soundtrack, and a perfect voice cast. I've rewatched it countless times since. Just a couple more on the out. Uh, Chance Widmore says, for my daughters, this movie defines Spider-Man for them. Peter is fine, but they connected with Miles and Gwen. And finally, Andrew Ashevsky from who we hey usually hear from, <laughs> says Spider-Verse is one of the most unique, innovative, and inspirational animated movies to come out in the last decade. And it is one of, if not the best Spider-Man film to come out so far. Also, Spider-Ham for the win. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I would be uh, absolutely on, on point with that. I fully agree in that capacity. So, one more. <laughs> Cinema Recall says, it's a really fun movie. <laughs> they also say, I agree with the visuals to the music are incredible, not to mention the voice acting gives each character its emotional weight. And Chris Reville says, this was so fun. What else can be said about this masterpiece? One thing I love is how the soundtrack and score are integral to the film. Mm -hmm. I watched this movie so many times that I just watch it with my eyes shut and just listen and imagine the pictures. Well, I don't know why you're doing that, buddy. You can open your eyes and see the pictures <laughs> yeah. in front of you. It's, it's, it's not choose one. You can do both. But thank you. Because <laughs> it's so your, overwhelming. Thank you for your contribution. And by all means, I mean, this, I mean we're splitting hairs here. I mean, it, it's just a really strong film, I think. I'm looking forward to the sequel. Mm -hmm. So. I am looking forward to hearing what people thought of it. So it's time for ratings. So, Liam, what is your rating for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? I really wanted to say, like, 4 and 2. 42 makes <laughs> 6. <laughs> but I'm going to rate it a 7. A 7? Yeah, 7. Okay, Georgia. I am going to give this film 8 Spider-Men, different Spider-Verse spiders out of 10. Okay. Ellie? I'm going to give it a six and a half. Wow. <laughs> okay. This, uh, this, that's half a point lower than Liam. Don't wow at me. <laughs> no, I think it's the fact that it was two of you who've done this. I was like, okay. Ethan? Oh, boy. I'm going to seem way too positive now. I love this film. I think it's like, it's close to a perfect film. So I'm giving it a shocking Ten crumpled Peter Parker corpses out of ten. Wow. <laughs> so you've officially lost your ten virginity on this podcast. I still yeah. have mine. I still got mine, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'm going to give this nine underdeveloped mech suit anime <laughs> characters wow. out of ten. Uh, I think... 
it's weird. Uh, I often go, this is how movies should make you feel. And I'm not sure if this does this for me. No. But I look at this it and go... quite there. And go visually and, and audibly, the film, just for its details, might be perfect. And I have to acknowledge that. And I had a fun time with it. It was good. I really enjoyed it. It doesn't hit the beats for me, but some of the other ones might. But I'm, I'm okay with giving it a nine. I thought it was really, really, really... Really skillful, and it's not in the way that I, I experience films. I experience films on a story. I'm a story yeah. above all, and this might not have had that, but for me, it did have um, – I can't fault the, the, the artistry of the art of filmmaking as far as going. That requires an amazing amount of work, and you've pulled this off. I literally went inside a comic book in this film. Wow. I, I seriously enjoyed the movie. My score doesn't reflect that. Um, but well, Seven, I think. <clears throat> That's a good film, yeah. I thought it was yeah, really like good. A it's good. Yeah, no, I really did enjoy it. But it was just the, the assault of stuff going on yeah. at points just really. Oh, I think it's, yeah. It just, it got to. I think me. it's a film that you either love it or yeah. you're going, uh, Yeah, and, and there's so that. many Easter eggs that even I didn't understand. Yeah. And I know a lot about Spider-Man, but not that much. Okay. <laughs> so that is that. So. Well, what's the next film? All that's left is next film. I'm so excited. Are you so excited? Always. Well, for the third straight week, we are going to have a special guest with us. Oh. We are. This was supposed to be the month that No Time to Die came out. I was going to guess on this one. This was... uh, I might be going somewhere different than what you think. Really? Yeah. So uh, I'm not doing anything by... We're not doing anything by Daniel Craig. It's not that. Oh, okay. It is the 25th anniversary, however, of Pierce Brosnan's first go as James Bond. Oh, Goldeneye. We are going to go ahead and do 1995's Goldeneye. Oh, okay, cool. So Richard, our friend of the podcast, yeah. Debbie's husband, Richard, yeah. is going to be joining us to talk about a little James Bond. We need to get our Bond fix on. He knows everything about Bond. And he knows everything about Bond. So everything. for the third time, we're going to have to tell someone... Just bring it down. Bring it down. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of nice we have these experts we can, we can nice, definitely yeah. call upon. Call upon you. So, folks, do you know anything about Goldeneye? Yes. I love Pierce Brosnan. Oh, do you love Pierce Brosnan just in general? Yeah. You know, he's not going to break into it's... song like Mamma Mia, right? Oh, I don't like it particularly when he breaks into song. Okay. Um, I just think he's really pretty. I like him. He is a pretty man. I can, I can... And this is his prime age, isn't it? Oh, this is him. You know, this, this is him. him. Yeah. He's just been made Bond. And this is when Bond is still a little bit silly. Yeah. Like you've got Zinnia on a top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still, still got a little bit of fun. Is this from... Is um, that... This is Alan Cushing. And Denise Richards. No, this isn't Denise Richards. That's Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. is Goldeneye before or after Moonraker? After. after. It, it's yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's after. Brosnan's first. Oh, yeah. Is this the one where he drives the tank? One. There's one where he drives yeah, a yeah, tank yeah, yeah, through yeah, yeah, Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's great, silly it's, fun. It is, yeah. Yeah. You still have yeah. Desmond Lelowin as Q. Yeah. I'm yeah. St- oh, and he's showing him the gadgets. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. There's some great little one-liners. Great little, yeah. George, you see a lot of James Bond? Not really, no. I've seen bits of old ones. I've seen the two most recent ones. Um, I really quite like Skyfall. I didn't Skyfall's like the other favorite. one. Skyfall's very good. Yeah. I, yeah. Can't rem- I can't even remember what the other one's called. But it, it is Spectre. Spectre. Oh. Spectre, yeah. No, I've not. I wasn't a mass. I liked the opening scene and that was about it. Yeah. Um, and Richard will kill me for that. But uh, no, <laughs> I've seen bits and pieces of the old films. Um, enough to have a bit of a basic working knowledge of see, the Bond universe. But I've not sat down and watched many. See, I rate Brosnan as the start of the modern Bond. Yeah. I think he, Dalton's, he re- Dalton's this weird in-between phase. In-between, and I think you've got yeah. classic Bond, which is uh, Roger Moore and Sean, Sean Connery, Connery yeah. 
Oh, Sir Sean and Sir Roger. They're both sirs, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. And then you've and got... And George Lazenby. And George Lazenby was one film. Yeah. And then you've got sort of the, the awkward Dalton years, and then you've got the more modern takes on Bond with Brosnan and... I'll be honest. I didn't mind the Dalton years. Yeah. I mean, that's a debate for... You know, as, thing, yeah. I, I know that he gets thrown under a train a lot, but I... I do. I, I quite like them from what I remember, but that might have been the lead women in them. <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> I just remember the women. <laughs> and one more time, just like a big thank you to Ethan for joining us this week. It's been excellent having you with us. Thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah, uh, it's always fun coming Thanks, on Ethan. here and like chewing your ear with unnecessary facts. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to hear more of Ethan, two days from now we're doing the incredible. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not doing it. It's, it's sure You've done that already. So we're not incredible. No, we haven't. We haven't done that yet. Oh, haven't you? No. Uh, please join us two days from now when we will be tackling The Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. The Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy on Talking the Mickey. But for best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. I've been Georgia. I've been Ethan. And at the end of the film, there was actually a nice little line, which, uh, Ellie, why don't you share that with us on the way out? I think it's good advice we can all live by. That person who helps others simply because it should or must be done and because it is the right thing to do, is indeed, without a doubt, a real superhero. We'll see you next time. Bye, folks. That's all, folks. Is she allowed to say that? <laughs> like, like, for legal reasons, <laughs> can she say that? <laughs>